Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mm, 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 mm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. It's pronounced Trilove. Uh, Zulowski is the one that we're going to see drink every time someone mispronounces. It's Zulowski pronounced on the podcast. Um, uh, Norman. <clears throat> oh, we didn't. I. I don't have a can to. I, ah. I have a can of Perrier that I, I already cracked. Sorry, just, but also I don't know if Perrier really. You know, I think it just does. A, just went everywhere on my glasses. I just I, I have a drink Whoa. like a glass. So here, hang on. You got the clink of the. You got the clink. Of the and whiskey ASMR. Well, I would if you guys would shut the fuck up. No, we heard ASMR. it. We heard the clink. I've All said right, this cool. before, but drinks that uh, okay. drinks with an egg white, like shaken with an egg white that has like the foam, like a New York sour or like whiskey sour, uh, has the best. Especially if you get a big ice cube, it has a, the ice instead of clinking it clonk, it goes like clonk clonk. clonk. That's pretty good. It's the most satisfying sound in the <laughs> entire world. Me, yeah. frankly, I, I, the best part. I always of knew Aaron was more of a clonk man than a clink man. If I, if like he, if, he, if you ask me to said, pick a clonk, he loves man the out big crowd, clonkers. You know, give me that clonk. My man is a clonk man to the end. Uh, Let me see that clunk. It's Aaron. Yeah, mm. we're also racist, folks. Woof. Uh, we have. Mean? We are awfully racist here on Try Love. It's a little oh, podcast. What? No, that's just. Oh, we're ending the year. Verbal typo. That's a verbal typo. Verbal typo. It's a bleepy. Um, thank you very much for listening to Try Love, last of the year. Uh, literal roundtable podcast where we talk about movies we saw, people we met, or competitions we formulate at or through the Trilon Cinema in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Find us on Twitter at Try Love Podcast. Find the Trilon at Trilon Cinema and at Trilon.org. My name is Jason Daphnis. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nintendoofus. I'm Cody Narvison. You can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore BH. I'm Harry Mack, and neither of those guys introduced themselves, but as far as I'm concerned, that's their problem. Um, I was uh, disgraced last year, lost a lot of the nominations that I really wanted. Um, Gotta say, Mack and Nation out there, it's not looking so good for us again (laughs) this year. Um, But maybe wait for next year uh, on this one. Don't want to sort of call my shot too too soon, but uh, let's just say the old the old Mac attack has got some opinions that are perhaps not shared by the rest of his um, intrepid co-hosts this time around. But we'll find out uh, right now, actually, over the course of the next fucking six hours or whatever this ends up taking. God, Um, you can find me on Twitter. Take Harris. Uh, my name is Aaron. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Arby. Please, I don't have like a. I, I will just say, been a good year. Excited to talk about some films, folks. Yeah, let's talk about some films. Let's get angry. We have been uh, unduly pissy before we even started because this is the 2022 Golden Berries. Uh, it is our annual tradition of awarding the best and brightest and sometimes worst and longest and uh, horniest <laughs> and freakiest movies that we saw at or through the Trilon or talked about. Uh, I guess we various various uh, categories will have various rules. You'll learn all about it as we go. And you'll find the timestamps if one of them seems boring. Uh, just skip to the next. Maybe the next one won't be so boring. Uh, but you're going to be here for a while. So uh, strap in. Uh, we have we, we always kick this off with our personal favorites. Um, 
uh, just I, I didn't rank mine in any particular order, uh, but I am starting with the, my favorite movie that I saw at the Trilon Cinema. This is irrespective of whether or not we actually recorded on the episode on on the uh, movie. This is not, uh, you know, because it was playing as part of a series. This is our totally subjective, our own where we get to sort of pop off. Some of the rest of these we will argue about. We will, like, as I said, get kind of pissy about uh, this one. Nobody gets to say shit because I liked these five movies and regardless of how we, the group felt about them. Uh, I, I'm not sure if this was in chronological order or just as I thought of them, but, um, I'll start with mine, my picks for, uh, for movie, my favorite Trilon movies of the year possession. Got to give it up for possession or first of the year. We had a great guest for that one, Blake Hester and, uh, and just a, a solid movie. Um, it's become, I don't know that I need to give a whole lot of, uh, rec- uh, uh like justification for it. I, I'm upset by this movie. I am very pleased by the fact that it was one of the first that we got to see uh, at the, it was a new year's showing correct at the Trilon, a solid movie. Uh, and uh, millennium actress. I, I, again, I'll give very little background on why each of these, because some of them we'll end up talking about in our various discussions. Um, but uh, I think differently about that movie ha- for having seen it at the Trilon. Um, I would say that save the tiger is one that you will not see in other, uh, <laughs> in other lists or on the rest of this entire program, because it was played as part of a Trilon secret screening. Uh, Trilon club members are invited every so often to see a movie that is uh, unannounced until the day of its release. This is one that eh, not to make myself seem cooler than I am because I can't do that. But this is one that John told me about uh, what it was before anybody uh, before anybody else. He, he took me aside and he said, Jason, my protege, uh, inheritor of my will, um, you must know what this is. It's going to what it was a July or August when we saw this. Uh, Save the Tiger is directed by John G. Avildsen. Uh, it was on 16 millimeter. It was so fucking pink. Uh, the print was so old um, and it was delightfully uh, like dark and somewhat comic. And uh, I don't think everybody here loved it. Some of the people we went to see it with did not love it either. Uh, this is a long conversation, a long way to get through this. Uh, the conversation, no, n- nothing else needed. Great movie. Uh, and Cleo from five to seven, uh, finally got to see this one with our friend Emily. Uh, and I loved seeing it and talking about it with the folks here on the podcast uh, and having Emily on for that one too. She managed to get on the, on this podcast after starting, I, guess I think it might be her first time on our podcast since starting uh, Stoop Kids, if I'm correct about that. I, I, I might be wrong. No, I'm wrong about that. No, because she joined for... A few more episodes oh. between those. I, I want to say Kiki's. <laughs> Listen, I'm, that's I've, such I've a funny way to save yourself. You're like, I, I think she started other podcasts. Yeah, so, some more. Yeah. Uh, she talked on a microphone. Those were my top nice. five. No particular order. Um, but I have to hand off now to Cody in uh, t- traditional J Cha order for his top five. Uh, Cody, did you rank them? Uh, Cody, uh, did you thank him? Uh, well, I'll get to that in just a second. But before that uh, comes along, I just want to say a little something. <clears throat> and it's time for the golden berries, because this year is coming to its end. When awards are made to be mm-hmm. given, we just want you to know where we stand. Uh, now we know what song is playing at okay. the end of the episode, yeah. so I'm um, not to, to spoil that. Producer, no. Um, he really yeah. does it all for us, folks. Just he's, a better, he's a better really producer the than podcaster I am. The I didn't know what tune that was until the very last line. I was like, I don't know the song. And then he was like, oh, I do know the song. I do know the song. Yeah. 
Yeah, Sorry, and that song. No, that's that song is the title track from my number five film, which is The Great Waldo Pepper, uh, directed by <laughs> George Roy Hill. This was one that kind of like Jason's Save the Tiger pick. It is not um, this movie. Great Waldo Pepper was not in the formal um, canonical Trilon schedule. It was a, sort of a one-off surprise screening, and it really struck a chord with me. It's it's. Uh, a bleak, a pretty bleak movie, um, and its bleakness is punctuated and characterized uh, in ways that um, that that feel satisfying, just in, uh, at least to me, in the way things are telegraphed and through the the sort of the personal mythology that the main characters have kind of put together for themselves. That they have this sort of low ceiling, and they're operating the best they can within it. Um, and on top of all that, it's so fucking visually impressive. Some of my favorite visual set pieces that I've seen in a movie um, recently. So that's, I wanted to shout out Great Waldo Pepper. I haven't, um, I, I've, or I, I should say, I've, I've thought about it a lot since first seeing, and I'm looking forward to revisiting that. Um, moving down the line to, uh, to Moonstruck. I've got that. Um, Great Waldo Pepper is number five. Moonstruck's my number four. Um, and I'm picking and choosing kind of like Jason did to see, you know, the third movies that we will talk uh, more about today. Um, we also, I guess, did an episode about a lot of these movies, Moonstruck included. Uh, and it's, I think the only one of these picks that I didn't, uh, or of my picks that I didn't see at the trial on, but rewatching it and coming together with the fellas to talk about it was really hugely rewarding. It's, um, I mean, all things considered, it's, uh, I, I think, a rem- maybe a m- remarkably straightforward movie populated with remarkably uh, r- remarkably unstraightforward characters with two extremely vibrant leads that we'll also probably talk about um, in the ensuing hours. But um, yeah, Moonstruck destined, I think, to be a, a new recurring favorite that I that I check in on routinely. I'm, I'm really glad that... Um, that my friends bullied me into watching this. That's not true, but I feel like a, a lot of our friends watch uh, Moonstruck. It's um, a good one within our circle, as is, um, in a very different way, Perfect Blue, which is my number three pick for the year. Uh, we've already done an episode on this already, um, so I, I, I specifically won't say a lot about this, but it is um, or was part of the Satoshi Kone series that showed this past year at the Trilon. Um and I think of that group, Perfect Blue is, is yeah, I mean, it's the movie that I have taken the most from and, and um, like the most out of that group. Uh, it's a weird movie to to say that you like because it's uh, it's very challenging, but it's, I mean, it's it's Perfect Blue. It's uh, legendary for um, all the reasons that, uh, that, I don't know, people have been talking about for years. Um, so that's, um, I'm glad I have that represented on my list. And on the note of challenging movies, I have Possession as my number two movie of the year. I saw Possession once before the trial on showed it. Um, I saw the uh, res- recent restoration of Possession through Metrograph um, streaming and then kind of hard pivoting like four or five months later seeing it the you know the new year's weekend of 2022 uh the film print that the trial on showed it, it had a lot of texture it was very um scratchy i think the first reel emanated a, a very strange sound like whining sound off of it very Isn't bizarre it horrible but- yeah yeah, uh, horrible, but you know it, it enhanced the the experience in its own way. Um, physical media is um, is important; it should be preserved, folks. Um, but that's yeah. Possession is an, another one of these that you know I've come across in recent years. That it's again a tough one, but it's one that I 
found rewarding it, uh, to watch, um, kind of in the same vein that Waldo Pepper is very bleak. It's, um, possession, you're, it's telegraphing sort of what the game is. And, um, you know, along the way we, uh, you know, we follow it along as these people in these environments go to extreme lengths to viscerally contextualize the, the violent end of something. Um, and a lot of that is punctuated by, uh, one of the leads in particular giving, perhaps the best performance I've ever seen, which again, we'll perhaps get into. Um, but my number one pick with a bullet uh, is Roman Holiday. Again, not part of the formal trial on programming, but it counts for our purposes here uh, because this was a, a screening, a rented out trial on theater screening with uh, a bunch of our friends, courtesy of Harry through uh, a birthday gift to me, it is one of the experiences that I'm most thankful for in, I guess, my recent history. And I think it is one of the best examples I can think of that's, again, very unique and personal to me, the best examples of kind of community and personal experiences and sensibilities and an independent cinema coming together to produce um, something, you know, really magnificent for the the two hours or so that we watched this movie during. And so I'm very thankful to, to Harry for that. I'm very thankful to... Um, to Audrey Hepburn for existing. And I'm very thankful to you all who are listening to us um, talk for half a day about um, this year's retrospective. And with that, I will hand the mic off to Harry uh, so that we can hear what his picks are for this year. Harry. Oh, Hey, thanks so much, Cody. Um, Also, it's maybe going to get a little bit angry in here. So I should say right on the top, um, I really love all of your picks really great picks this year. I think that like it was a really massive year for the Trilon. Um, I'm really happy with a lot of it. Um, as evidenced by my top five, my number five is uh, Dersu Uzala. Um, this was a total blind Kurosawa for me. Knew nothing about it. Um, it has since become one of my favorite Kurosawas, which is really, really saying something when you consider who we're talking about. Um, I think it is some of his most beautiful filming, um, some of his best use of color, um, and he does it to tell this like deeply human, beautiful story about male camaraderie and sort of like the encroachment of modernity. Um, it's like a, it's like a deeply sad movie. It's a deeply beautiful movie. Um, it, it made me very emotional. I love it very much. Um, number four, this is the one that's kind of shocking is Godzilla. You would think that any other year, uh, Godzilla would be my number one pick, but that just goes to show you what a strong year this was. I don't know if I have to say anything else about Godzilla. Um, it turns out I'm a big fan. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. Super producer. Uh, hail to the King, right? Uh, number three is Cleo from five to seven. Uh, this is actually the second time I've seen this in the Trilon. Um, the first time was very early in my trial-on experience by myself back when it was only a 50-seater. Um, felt really great to see it again. I hope to see it at the trial-on many, many more times. It's like my favorite movie by one of who I think is one of the greatest directors who ever lived. Um, so an amazing movie. So glad we got to see it. So glad we got to talk about it. Um, number two is perfect blue. Perfect blue is my favorite Satoshi Kon movie. Um, as I think Cody mentioned, uh, it's disqualified from consideration, um, this year because of my stupid decision to make it the non non boys pick last year. Um, did not know that, uh, um, John was going to sort of throw us a bone and do a Satoshi Kone series, really kind of a gift of the Magi situation there. Uh, but um, 
like I'm not complaining, right? Because I got to see Perfect Blue at my favorite movie theater. So uh, it's one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and finally, my number one pick, uh, shocking probably no one who knows me, is Moonstruck, which is like maybe a top five movie for me. Um, I just really fucking love that movie a whole lot. Um, it's uh, it's very important to me. Uh, and seeing it at the Trilon was definitely a dream come true. I think I saw it two times at the Trilon, maybe three times um, because I like it so much. So those are my top five. Uh, can't wait to talk about um, the rest of these categories. But first, we need to hear from Aaron on his top five. Thank you, Harry. Yes, my picks of the year. I never... Uh, I have never ranked these, uh, despite some of my co-hosts doing so. I just list them. Uh, They have given me shit for it. But I think there is something kind of pure about the personal top five picks. They're your picks. We don't have to record it on. They can kind of be whatever you want, and no one can can give you shit for them, uh, except someone probably will in the middle of mine. Uh, The first one is uh, Possession. I really like Possession. I think we all really like Possession. I think Possession is... Uh, kind of representative of this year uh, at the Trilon for me in kind of a weird way. Uh, and that I think, uh, I actually thought of maybe proposing this as a category and then I didn't, and maybe I'm going to get dunked on, but I think that there is like best, f- best film as like a best, like triumphant film narrative, uh, which possession would not have won. But I think that like possession and chess of the wind and mad God are all films that like kind of had their time, a long time ago and then went away and should not be being talked about or released or nobody logically should be watching them. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, Mad God actually gets released. Chess of the Wind gets found in some antique shop and Martin Scorsese part, puts it as part of his world cinema project and people start watching it. And even Possession, uh, which was a film that was released and was underseen and kind of misunderstood uh, and underappreciated um, is like back in the discourse and like one of the biggest, you know, movies, at least in kind of artsy fartsy film circles uh, of the year. And people saying, this is maybe one of the best horror films ever made. This is such a great film. It got this big re-release, I believe at the end of 2021. And I'm so happy that we got to talk about it and record on it. Damn, uh, that's, the next a, would be, that's a really great category, yeah. Aaron. Uh, it's yeah, almost like, you know... If, if we I thought about it, it up, we had... Well, the problem is that we don't have, like, very long planning calls before this, where no. we really lay out what we're going to do yeah. before we come to this episode. Oh, it's and so if we, very if we hot and ready. something yeah. like that, the pop that would be a really natural <laughs> time to bring of... something like that up. But I can see why you had to wait and hog all the glory to yourself yeah. at the last I minute. I thought about it yesterday, after, sure, after the planning call. Uh, sure. But well, yes, that would have been a, maybe a good topic. But uh, hey, the, the winner would have been Chess of the Wind. So uh, next film, uh, I really love Millennium Actress. Uh, my gut is telling me that if I were to see Perfect Blue again, I may like that one uh, a little more. But right now, I would say Millennium Actress is my favorite Satoshi Kon film. I really love it. It's a little, I don't know, schmaltzy. It's a little Spielberg in kind of a weird way. It's kind of a celebration of, of cinema and art and whatnot. But I, it, it kind of works. Uh, and I, I really love it. Uh, Rope uh, as well. I think uh, just a just a good Hitchcock. I mean, outside of uh, the the gimmick, which is maybe not even really a thing, or, or it's great. I, I really love Rope. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to talk about Rope a little bit further in this episode. Uh, Ron as well. Uh, Kurosawa's Ron. I think I'm the only person that really loved that the most out of the uh, Kurosawa films. The later period Kurosawa was the uh, film series at the Trilon. Dursu Uzala, great film. Uh, uh, Kagamusha, also really wonderful. But 
it's cliched, but I, I loved Ron the most. I mean, it's a, it is maybe the best Shakespeare adaptation. It is a adaptation of King Lear. I guess we're made fun of it for being long. It is an adaptation of King Lear that is shorter to watch than uh, King Lear is in the theater. And that's, that's just amazing. So uh, I, I really loved Ron, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, and then the last uh, was uh, Mad God, which I really loved this year as well. Uh, got to see a few months before it came to the trial on um, and just was blown away by it. Got to watch it again and again and again uh, over the course of the year. Uh, friend of the pod, Seth Zarati, got me uh, Blu-ray for Christmas, so shout out to him. Uh, it's the kind of film that a weird freak like me can kind of see just like putting on while I'm working in a very weird way. And then every once in a while I'll turn over and some guy's getting electrocuted or something and I, I turn back to my spreadsheets. So uh, loved all five of those films. Thought this was a great year at the Trilon. And uh, now I'm ready to uh, fist fight the, the rest of you uh, for these discussions. Uh, but I will, I will... I will lead it over to Jason, who I think is going to introduce and kind of go over the first uh, category that we are going to be talking about. I think you mean abdicate. I think the term should be abdicate for this. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. What was this Dark Souls? I mean, can, can you again? Uh, can you start What's again that? and say that you I would like to that? abdicate. Uh, just Jason, please go. Thank you. Thank you. Are you <laughs> pretty stalling? Good, pretty good joke. He's loading up the spreadsheet on the side. Thank you. I'm looking up what our movies. Um, really quick, we have the best Trilon Dry Run. Uh, this as a, in addition to being alliterative, well, roughly alliterative rhyming, uh, in addition you have to, to be- say it like a baby, say it like a baby. Now the best why one, why one, uh, which, exactly was, which right. was about Edit that out, including, please. but no, I'm editing it in. I'm actually doubling it. It's still echoing. Um, in fact, was going to be one of, it was one of the names in contention for, uh, for this podcast uh, at some point. I don't know how we were going to actually extrapolate that into a full name, but before we landed on try love. This was one of them, uh, and it w- is meant to connote movies that uh, – the films that we saw at the trial that we that we'd never seen with like, the gigantic asterisk caveat that, like, actually some of these we – like, a number of us did actually see uh, before seeing them at the trial Um, But because the trial is such a great place to discover new movies, to see things you've never uh, seen or – rather like ideally something you've never even heard of like in the case of Walter Pepper or Save the Tiger Dursu Uzala just complete blindside first goes uh hence dry run uh we have uh, an entire category dedicated to such special films uh today and our cat and our nominees are uh, Martin Scorsese's Bringing Out the Dead as part of um the Nick Cage National Treasure series we have Chess of the Wind uh as mentioned in Aaron's top movies uh one of those films that came back after 40 some years of um of obscurity uh for a new 4K restoration uh, it should be available soon if not already uh Dursu Uzala as previously mentioned by directed by Akira Kurosawa Devil in a Blue Dress I'm oh man it was that is that wasn't John Singleton who, who was that I should have put the names in here Everybody's pretend that this is my voice saying the um the name in a in a way that's <laughs> Carl obviously Franklin. edited Carl Franklin Carl Franklin There we go <laughs> There it is uh, Carl Franklin directed Drevel in a Blue Dress, uh, which most of us hadn't seen. I think all of us hadn't seen. And Road Games, directed by Richard Franklin. Maybe that's why I'm thrown off. Another Franklin directed Brothers. Road Games. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, no, not, o- not o- Only 15 years between those <laughs> movies. Uh, uh, the uh, New Zealand, Australia Outback. I forget which part of the world it's set in. Uh, one of those. Uh, Australia. Yeah, Australia. Australian Outback movies. Uh, road movie. Um, not Mad Max, but, uh, but kind of like it. Uh, our our New Zealand uh, listeners just got so mad are, at you, Jason. <laughs> fuming, they're fuck, fucking fuming, mate. <laughs> um, 
I'm just going to continue making fun of them. I'll, I'll see if there are any actual listeners in, in, in that region of the world. Uh, this is a ca- category we've, we've sort of roughly, not to part the component too much, roughly divided these into categories where we know that there's a winner, where we want to nominate and award in the same, and categories where we want to discuss it, where we actually want to have it out and uh, see what actually you know, rises to the top, see, see what cream manages to make its way above the, uh, above, above the milk. Um, and I guess I'll start with Harry. Uh, what is your take about what, uh, what of these five films should win best trial on dry run? Well, honestly, I'm going to be kind of merciful right now. Um, I already said that Dursu Uzala was one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, but that being said, um, and this is maybe sort of similar to bringing out the dead. Another movie that I would maybe have been my like sixth or seventh pick. It was like right near the top. I really love that movie. But um, when it comes to a dry run, like Dursu Uzala is a Kurosawa movie, right? And bringing out the dead is a, is a Scorsese movie and it's a Scorsese movie written by um, Paul Schrader. And so like, those are like, I have a pretty good idea what I'm getting into. I like I don't think that Kurosawa made a bad movie with the exception of Dreams. Ooh. Uh sorry, don't want to uh but uh you know what I mean? It's sort of like, you know, it's like it's one thing to have a dry run. It's another thing to be like, well, it's a dry run, but it was it was directed by Martin fucking Scorsese, right? <laughs> like I don't know. It's like, oh, is this going to be a four star movie or a four and a half star movie? You know what I mean? Uh so like I wonder if if like just because like these were dry runs for sure, but they weren't really dry runs in the same way that some of the other nominees on this list were. At least that's my two cents. I don't know what you guys are thinking about it. I, I think I would generally uh, agree with that. I would say that uh, Dursu Uzala. I do think we should cut it, but I think that like the main thing in his favor is that it is at least from the Kurosawa I've seen, which is I think. A good amount, but it, it is kind of unique, right? And kind of even though it's, it's a my very, least it's favorite, it's a very unusual Kurosawa movie. Absolutely, it, it is my least favorite of those late Kurosawas that we watched. But it is kind of the most representative in this weird way. Uh, we're like, you know, outside of those kind of historical epics that he got into, he made some pretty weird films uh, later in his career, uh, at least based on what he did earlier in his career, and. Uh, Dersu Uzala was like kind of like a, a nice little treat and that I, I did not know what that was going to be. Uh, and I got, I got something pretty nice out of it, but I think, I think we should cut it is my opinion. I, I think that's a fair take. Um, and it seems like we might be trending in that direction. I just, I think all of these are great picks for the category for, for different reasons. When I look at this list, the two that catch my eye, most viscerally immediately are Chess of the Wind and actually Dersu Uzala um, for I mean, all, the reasons that um, I think we could also very easily like cut Dersu Uzala from this list for the fact that especially with this little with this little podcast of ours because we've covered so many Kurosawa works that are unlike Dersu Uzala that is sort of like a, a Kurosawa curio. Um, really like it stands out to me in the fact that it was so rewarding and that we all, not all of us, but uh, like necessarily, but a lot of us, I think, I think feel pretty strongly about that movie. I quite like that one. It might actually be my favorite of the like 2022 curse. I was that we talked about contrast that with chess of the wind, which is like we knew, or at least I knew absolutely nothing about it. Um, 
And like that is again the upswing of like it was very rewarding to 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 watch it and talk about it and sort of bask in its recognition this year after the fact after it's been sort of rediscovered. Um, any of the rest of these, you could argue similarly. Like bringing out the dead, we have like the the Scorsese um, mileage to to sort of contend with and bring into our viewing of that and play into our discussion of it. Devil in a Blue Dress and Road Games um, sort of subvert genre in their own ways, which is like really fun. Those are fun movies um i so i guess chess of the wind is sort of the alpha pick for me um dursu zala also feels str- i might just be thinking about it because i like that movie so much maybe it's wrong for this category but um yeah i, I don't know jason how do you feel about this one uh i concur regarding uh like the pr- sort of provenance of some of these movies where you are given like i thought i was going into this category with a pretty like I've got my gung ho choice and now everybody's sort of changing my mind because the perspective of what you knew about the director that made it, the Kurosawa, the Scorsese, and then sort of what the movie does to those expectations sort of like is making me think about the whole category differently. It's I a think really fucking good argument, isn't it? it? It is, unfortunately, because I feel like this should have been a layup for me. But now I've got all this cognitive dissonance and all this like wonders of discourse bullshit that I got to deal with. Uh, I like just to shorthand it, I would vote chess of the wind just because it was a complete left field like had not heard about it before any of those trilon uh, trailers um uh, our guest for that episode natalie marlin was super jazzed to be able to see it and it was wonderful to find out why really loved being able to watch that movie in a theater i like it was not the kind of movie that felt like oh i've been putting this off it was like i would never have gotten i know i would never have gotten to see this if not for a recent restoration and the trial on playing it at that time. Um, it feels too time and place for me. The whole movie itself, irrespective of its quality, like the concept of seeing it just felt like such a special thing. And the fact that it was a mind, I, I mean, I frankly, I was really blown away by that movie and the contents of it, like the quality and making of it. But the, like the context in which I saw it at the trial on, the fact that I did see it for this podcast just makes it feel like an ideal trial on dry run. I think all the cases we've been making, I, my runner up was road games. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I I mean, I, I will say that I also, I think we're maybe kind of dancing around Chess of the Wind, kind of maybe slightly obviously winning this one. Uh, I would say that I, I think Road Games and, and Devil in a Blue Dress are like my two kind of runners up. Road Games, I think, especially as this film that like, I think was kind of just like designated as like kind of, you know, like an Australian kind of B-movie. Like Got some trash, yeah. Yeah, got got some stars from over uh, overseas, but like otherwise, you know, it's like a whatever. I know that like Quentin Tarantino really loves it, and that was like the one thing. If you like Google it, you know, some YouTube video of him uh, talking it up. Uh, so like Road Games, I think would be like a number two, but to me, it's like uh, yeah, it's kind of. I think there's. It obvious, also gave us uh, uh, Stacey Keach like saying saying cock and then laughing. So that is sure. That is uh, you know what? Maybe book. we put Road Games. Up Maybe on it's top. moving up. <laughs> what can I say? No, uh, it's just the wood. Yeah, I mean, like, I would just say that uh, I think that Jason put it better than I ever could, um, especially, like, talking to Natalie was such a delight, right? Like, it, and, like, Chest of the Wind is such a perfect dry run because it's, like, here's this movie that fucking, like, everybody forgot about. Like, it didn't exist, right, until uh, somebody found it in an antique shop and then Martin Scorsese, you know, like, scion that he is god that he is of uh independent cinema like elevated it um i would also say in addition to all of that um i can't remember oh i do remember it was stage fright um 
Aaron, back when we talked about stage fright a million years ago, talked about how he felt like he could never be got by a twist in a movie ever again, and then he was got by stage Sorry, fright. just a Hitchcock one. I'm not that arrogant. Just a Hitchcock, old-timey <laughs> oh, kind of. Sure, yeah, sure, I'm, sure. Not, I'm not that, yes. But continue, well, yes. For me, like, what... The very last, like, part of Chess of the Wind, when it zooms out, and it turns out that, like, this movie we thought was taking place in, like, the fucking 1500s or whatever, was taking place in, like, the 1990s or whatever. Like, you zoom out, and there's literally just, like, a modern establishment around the ancient house, and it's like, oh, were these people ghosts? What was happening? Yeah. Or, like, are the stories of class going to play themselves out forever and ever? That was like, for me, the stage fright moment where I was like, oh, wow, like, I didn't know I could be gotten this way before. And like, now I immediately like, I I very nearly stayed and rewatched the entire movie just to recontextualize like the the movie now that I had the knowledge that I had, right? And so like that for me, like walking out of the movie and like having that like, euphoric feeling of like wow like i experienced something i didn't know i was going to experience and i can't wait to talk about it with my friends i think to to me that really like locks down the fact that chess of the wind is the clear winner here in my mind though let's do it. dursu uzala devil in a blue dress and road games are all really strong choices um and i'm saying that even as somebody who maybe didn't like road games quite as much as everybody else um really great movies like i think that this is one of my favorite categories not to soapbox too much just because it's like man like i never would have fucking seen road games without the trilon you know like i'm i maybe would have seen bringing out the dead or devil in a blue dress just because i love denzel washington and martin scorsese Mm -hmm. but like road games you know it's like that would have been like maybe movie number 30,000 on yeah. my watch list. Well, that's, and like, I'm so glad that I saw it, you know? Yeah. So like, I, that's a strong argument in my mind to, that kind of makes it my runner up. But I think that like chess of the wind is just maybe inescapable this time. I, th- I think Let's you're bold right. It. I think you're right. We, Let's do it. I think we can safely bold it uh, just to like jerk off over the category a little bit more. Like this whole thing, the whole dry run idea was like what, made me want to go to the Trilon more seeing movies that I've never heard of, you know, like yeah. Repo Man. I, I'm an idiot. So I had never seen that movie, but it feels like even as my sphere of knowledge about movies and I won't say film, but just movies has expanded to like probably the thousands I've seen since starting this, since something to start this podcast. I feel like even that is still like the, seeing movies like this makes me realize, Oh, there's a gigantic amount more to grow in that. And I'm excited too. So it's like, not only does it make me feel better about going to the trial and to see these movies or like, uh, being surprised by a movie here and there. It's just like, there's still so much goddamn door. There are like hundreds of chests of the winds that I could still be seeing at some point in my life. So it sort of reinvigorates what I, what I think of the, you know, the whole landscape of movies to come for man. Me. Isn't that sort of intimidating? It is. It's like it the is. idea that like, oh, there's really unlimited life changing art out there waiting for me to stumble across it. But yeah. thank God for places like the Trilon, I guess. All right. Well, I have uh, uh, formally we've awarded uh, Chess of the Wind directed by Mohammed Reza Aslani. Uh, check out our episode on that with uh, Natalie Marta, one of my favorites of this year, frankly. Um, uh, look for it at home video. Um, you, Chess of the Wind, get uh, get the quick as uh, I, I, I sort of had that as a competitive and a, and a correct, but I, I didn't have it. I, I got this Godzilla sound effect. I mean, uh, what else? I don't want to give him the fart. Do you uh, have the let's fucking go sound I effect? I do. It's loud. So get ready. 
as you can do with every category. Oh, Jesus Christ. I gave you a warning this time. I'll give you no, a warning. I mean, it was set up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so th- uh, congratulations to Chest of the Wind. Congratulations to Mohammed Reza Aslani. You got big things ahead, kid. Uh, Cody, I think it's your category next. Uh, I think so. Thank you, Jason. And uh, thank you if you're listening to this. Uh, if you scrubbed through the episode and, and landed on this moment in particular, you happened upon our next category, which is called the Rashamanis. And so to shed a little light on this category, it's one that we, we bring back every year and it stems from this idea of the Rashomon rule. And if you're unfamiliar with that, it's that uh, this idea that no film needs to be longer than the film Rashomon, which is a perfect film uh, that was released in 1950, was directed by Akira Kurosawa and comes in at a toasty, cozy 88 minutes. And so the idea behind this is, you know, with, with all the movies that we you know, we watched throughout the year, thinking about the ones that maybe don't necessarily earn their run times, you know, they're, they're you know, dancing around, uh, you know, maybe they're shorter than 88 minutes, maybe they're longer than 88 minutes, maybe they're a lot longer than 88 minutes, and they don't necessarily need to be. And so this is just a, a, a silly a category um, that we used to, to kind of help pad those contextualizations of um, the art we experience in the movies we watch. And, you know, full disclosure, like I said, this is a category that we bring back each year. We we came to the conclusion that there was not a, a consensus pick uh, for this year and consensus being, you know, something that we could all kind of latch onto uh, and, you know, agree upon together. Uh, there are a lot of titles that rose to the occasion and floated to the surface. And I I think maybe each of us here probably has a title or two that we individually feel um, might be viable, uh, just, you know, casually viable for, uh, you know, an honor such as this, you know, but collectively we didn't really feel like there was anything that egregiously combated um, the criteria for the Rashomon rule. And so no film will be awarded for this year. Stay tuned next year uh, when the Rashomonis will return and maybe we'll, we'll choose to, um, to recognize a movie or movies for this particular category for this year's, for the 2022 ceremony. There's not, uh, we do not have a trophy to give out. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. Um, Did I miss anything fellas? You know, any, any parting shots with this particular category? I would just like Good to films. say that, yeah, great films. And also, like, I mean, I think that I sort of, as a troll to Aaron, put Ran on this list, for instance. But, like, I think the thing you would cut from Ran is definitely the stuff with the um, the wife, right? And, like, wow. that, that is also the best part of the movie. Wow. That's like, not, that's not it's what act- the category's about. <laughs> It's actually the best part of the movie, right? <laughs> so it's like that's a movie that like very, very explicitly justifies its runtime because it's like it's um it's shorter than King Lear, first of all, and like it maybe improves on King Lear's gender politics a little bit. I mean so, Shakespeare I like Shakespeare, outs. but not hard to yeah, yeah. Yeah, I Shakespeare's mean, great, yeah. but like listen, Kurosawa maybe has the some women great don't ideas end up, there. Uh, yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes. So, so just to goes to show you what a strong year at the Trilon it was. Congrats, John. We're yeah, film program. Really, John. I think we're going to give this one the Rashomon to John Moret, <laughs> the anti Rashomon. Yeah, no films. Yeah. yeah, I'll go ahead and Photoshop that. Uh, spoilers, I guess. Oh boy, yes. no extraneous films. Uh, spoilers, no extraneous films, and no extraneous, um, you know, co-presenters for this year's Golden Berries. And speak of the devil, uh, Harry, I believe you've got the next category. So this is me handing you the digital microphone. Have at it. Have at our next category. What wow, do we got? thanks so much. This is a new category, actually, and it speaks to um, 
what a great year it was, particularly for weebs like ourselves, or at least like Jason and me in particular. Um, but we are doing the best animated feature this year. Uh, like I said, it's a new category that just sort of like, there were a lot of really amazing, um, animated features this year, not just the Satoshi Kone. Satoshi Kone spoilers is actually only, he only represents one of the uh, five nominees on this list, but um, John really made a point of, of uh, nomin- or um, showing some really great animated movies this year, so we wanted to honor that by handing out an award, and who knows if we'll have this in the future. I hope we do, because I'm a huge fan of animated movies, but um, this year we have five nominees. We have Bambi, uh, we have Mad God, which there isn't a live action segment of, um, but it is for the most part film. animated. Uh, well, you know, we'll talk ah, about it. Um, we have Millennium Actress, which again, the the second best Satoshi Kon movie, but uh, again, Perfect Blue was disqualified this year. So um, Millennium Actress, a Titanic film by any standards. Um, we have the Triplets of Belleville by Sylvain uh, Chaumet. Uh, the the French animated film that we had uh, Sarah Huskin on for a uh, really great episode, and then finally we have one of my favorites, which is the sixteen millimeter experimental animation showcase, which was a um, bunch of I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was Hungarian animation included in that. I think there was primarily. Hungarian, Polish, maybe a couple others, maybe Austrian, but Something. a lot of. And we talked about we talked to John about that afterward in the lobby of the Trilon. It was actually the first ever episode that we recorded in the lobby of the Trilon, um, and that was a real blast. Um, so that was a really fun episode. Um, what do we think, guys? What do you think, Jason? What do you think about who's winning this one? I want to set the stage by like explaining my light criteria for this category and why it was why it's hard to choose. I think is like. It is a low hanging fruit to say like, well, does it use, does it leverage the animated medium to like a particular end, a narrative like purpose or whatever to say like, does it need to be animated? I guess is the real question. Does this story need to be animated in order for it to work? I think almost all of these in one way or another do meet that criterion Um, for like Bambi's whole uh, hunting and forest burning scenes really would not work in any sort of any any other uh, manner or medium mad god obviously all the stuff in there that you can imagine it's like i mean it's it's uh what's the term for it it's it's like a piece of literature almost the way that yeah. things can be described and and versus shown in that movie uh millennium actress clearly plays with the form in a really fun way and like Although, traditional filmmaking techniques too i feel like that's a weirdly strong argument against millennium actress you right? think so? because i think if any of these movies could have been excellent live action movies. I mean, Millennium Actress is basically about Setsuko Hara. Yeah. Without explicitly being about Setsuko Hara, right? I guess. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe yeah. I'm coming from a perspective of uh, having seen Paprika first, which is like even more clearly about this, like the nature of making live action film. Sadly, not as good a film though, huh? Sadly, not as good a film. It's, <laughs> Otherwise it's, it would be on this list. <laughs> I do agree. Um, no, uh, I, I think like, I think it works in, in Millennium Actress's favor because there are segments of that movie that I cannot imagine seeing live action even sure, with like really absolutely. slick editing and great yeah yeah CGI, just like i don't i don't like, agree with that point the, the, but i'm curious I, the, the, well i spent a lot of time with that movie because i was making gifts for it from or for, for our yeah. twitter from it and there's one segment in particular after she leaves uh the burning like the the ron reference essentially of like the burning uh castle and she gets on her horse and rides away just through time through film 
through, you know, loves and losses and stuff. And everything's just moving behind her. And there are different styles. There are different, like, art styles moving past her from the, you know, feudal Japan yeah, to but the more modern. And, like, I think that you've really, seen, really worked. You've that, seen uh, yeah. Kobayashi's Labyrinth of Cinema, though. Oh, God, man. I, I was going to say, up- it feels like it. Yeah, it feels... Yeah, I I don't I don't I don't know if I agree with the that, with the criterion I, that well yeah that's not necessarily my criteria so I think I am tempted to jump on that point because I think my fight here is fucking, going to be Mad God versus Millennium Actress but also I I, do, I yeah I uh, yeah okay, I'm trying I'll, to decide I'll just if I'll just, I'll just, I'll just pinch this off by saying my choice is Millennium yeah. Actress I think like that if that's the weakest one then everybody else can jump on it and we can try to change my mind. See, and and this is where we get into the really, like, gross um, metagaming here, because, like, without (laughs) without spoiling anything, like, I have a bigger fight down the road when it comes to best director coming my way, and I was going to maybe hand this one off to old Grossman here with his um, love for Phil Tepet, because I think Mad God is a fucking incredible accomplishment. I think it is a singular film, right? And I think it maybe deserves best animated feature, but, like, listen, Satoshi Kon, the best director, Uh, perhaps. Satoshi (laughs) genius. I think Satoshi Kon is obviously, if we could take all of his films uh, kind of in totality, I think that would not be, uh, you know, there would be no question here. I think if we even if we were to say Perfect Blue is on this list, I think I would. I think I still like Mad God better, but I'd be fine saying like, yeah, Perfect Blue takes it. <sighs> uh, I do not think that Millennium Actress is a better film mm. than Mad God, and I think certainly in terms of shit that really shook me up, uh, I, I have not seen anything like Mad God, and I've seen stop motion stuff. You know, I've seen the you know the the work that he's done in other films robocop and whatnot i've seen the old jason and the argonauts i've seen a lot of that kind of stuff mad god is that times like a million to me um in a way that feels like i mean he worked on it for like 25 years right it's the like, kind of thing that i've yeah right it's the it we i mean we've talked about this a lot because because i mean there was a we you kind of referenced this earlier but like john moret did kind of throw you a big old hairy sized bone uh, when he, you know, made the Satoshi Kon series, because you, you and Jason, and I think Cody to some extent too, have been saying like, "Hey, we need a Satoshi Kon series. We need more anime." At the Trilon. I am someone who uh, likes anime, but have always kind of argued that, like, I think we also need other kinds of animation, right? Yeah. I, I well, would like I mean, the thing, see... the thing about you is that you, uh, you had the love of a woman from a relatively early age, so you never really needed to bond to anime I love... in the way that you did. <laughs> I, I lo- it's it's just a bit now. Anytime Aaron gets uh, it's a three on one. Yeah, but you're Aaron, you're oh married. God. Your perspective is different from ours. You piece I, of you've activated also, my trap our, our, card. Our main defense I, is like bitchless. <laughs> like, why would that be our? I, yeah, that's I, exactly right, Jason. I will say that uh, Mad God is like, and frankly, Triplets of Belleville is. They are the kind of animated films that i would like to see more of at the trilon i would even i didn't see the 60 millimeter uh, showcase that would be something that like i'd absolutely be like jumping yeah. to go to if i was in minnesota um and like that's kind of the reason it's like mad god does feel in a way kind of like an education about a certain kind of not animated film but animation in film that has been kind of a support system for blockbusters up until maybe 10, 15 years ago, hmm. and kind of from a practical effects effects standpoint, kind of helped drive 
pretty much everything big in the film industry, Jurassic Park, RoboCop, all of that kind yeah. of shit. Um, I mean, it's, it's what a strong God, I mean, right? Oh, oh, is anyone, any, is any, anyone you, here with me on you're, this? You're sort of changing my mind by accident. Uh, like, I would not have gone to bat for Mad God, but the way that you position it as, like, a, I guess, necessarily stop motion and, like, what you've seen of stop motion in the past is going to affect... Like, I've never... I've, I've seen a, a good number of stop motion films, um, stop anime, I guess I don't really a proper industry term, but stop motion films. Uh, I have like watched them from a young age. They've always sort of had the potential for great evil and yuckiness, I guess, in like terms of what they can make the physical form do. And this movie is like, yeah, we know it does that. That's all that this movie is going to do. That is explicitly the point of this movie is to show you like a physical thing getting all fucked up in the grossest ways. And we're not going to have to draw it for you. It's not going to be two dimensional. It's not going to be created by a computer. It's going to be something real physical in your world. These little, little hair wired people getting just tortured to shit. These, all these weird, like, I think the for my, my point about my criterion about the form really being important to this movie I think that works even though it's a different like take on it than I originally had. I think that still works here for me. I think I could pretty easily at this point be convinced of the mad God uh, supremacy. Yeah. I, I really quick. Um, love the, love the discourse that has come up so far. Um, I just really quickly want to zoom back out and say, there's not a weak pick in the bunch here. Um, as far as, and I forget to characterize this, um, or kind of laid the characterization out up top. You know, all of these, I think contributed uh, and influenced as well, you know, even down to like all of the, the picks that we saw in the experimental showcase, like great, like the influence from and feeding back into the medium is really prevalent with all these movies. Um, the two that I come down to, I mean, I, as far as like the best achievement within the medium, I come down to mad God. If I'm thinking about and want to prioritize how that achievement uh, affected me and what moved me the most, I come down to millennium actress. Um, and like, that's, I realize that's not necessarily helpful. Um, I, I am okay with siding with the mad God supremacy. I think as, as Jason put it, um, even though I don't like that as a film as much as millennium actress. Um, but if we're, you know, splitting hairs between kind of what this category is, I think Mad God might fit the bill, um, a little bit better. Um, yeah. How do we, how do we feel about that? I don't, I forget who had their hand up next. 100%. I think I'm with you. I mean, the thing is that like Millennium Actress is my favorite movie on this list by like a pretty big margin. To be honest, like I love the film Millennium Actress. I think it's one of Satoshi Kon's masterpieces, and like I hope to watch it for the rest of my life. The thing is that like this is best animated feature, right? And like I think my top two here are Triplets of Belleville and Mad God. And when it comes to Mad God, I mean, like you can't deny that like Phil Tippett, he's like the maybe the most famous special effects artist of all time. Right. Like he did Star Wars. He did a bunch of other stuff. Um, and his passion project for over 20 years was Mad God. And like he was going to make it no matter what. And it got Patreon supported and then he created it. And it, it is this uncompromising, ridiculous, terrible, bleak thing that is like at once the demonstration of a master a sort of like once in a generation master's um, skills. Maybe ever. 
There may not be another. I mean, how many other stop motion masters are going to come along? That's a really great point, right? Like Phil Tippett, at least to this point, is is the greatest to ever do it, right? Like pretty unequivocally the goat of that particular style at that particular time. And this is what he chose to create. And it is this ridiculous, unsparing horror, right? And it's like, there is something that I respect so deeply about that, about the fact that like the, the best to ever do it is creating something that is completely of his own design of what he wanted to make from you know, the 19, literally like the 1980s, I think he'd been talking about this thing and it happened and we get to experience it. And it's like, it's kind of hard to award anything else that way. Right. It's like Satoshi Kon is an, is a brilliant human being. He's a genius. He's created some amazing movies. Millennium actress is one of his best, but he's an anime director, right? It's like, that was one of several. Um, Triplets of Belleville, you know, Sylvain Chomet, he made it for his parents. It's a brilliant movie. Um, it's, uh, it's a real landmark in terms of animation, but like nobody sweat or bled more to create what they created than Phil Tepet, maybe ever. I mean, Mad God is like, is the culmination of a journey that is maybe unprecedented in animation. And I feel like we are remiss not to give it that acknowledgement. Or it uh, I, kind of the last point I'll make is that I think for me, you know, I, I we were kind of joking around about me maybe not being as into anime, right? But like I grew up watching animated films, uh, kind of hand drawn and uh, you know, kind of CGI uh, Pixar style. And didn't, uh, didn't you and your twin brother watch Princess Mononoke <laughs> Princess like Mononoke three times? Six times? No, six times over a weekend. Whoa! Uh, sorry, we put it in the sixth time, and we got twenty minutes in, and I turned to him and I said, "Why are we doing this?" And then we took it out. <laughs> I mean, listen, uh, but... <laughs> listen, listen. If Princess Mononoke was on this list, there wouldn't even be a consideration. Oh, no, just... I would be fucking hey, picture like... of the year. I mean, every single cat, even ones that didn't apply for. Yeah, uh, it's like Phil Tepet, like, I love you, but yes. fuck off. Like, <laughs> but, yeah. Princess Mononoke. Um, but there, there is something about, I think, Mad God's ability to uh, bring to the forefront the amount of effort required in animation that was always very obvious in hand-drawn uh, uh, animation as a medium, right? Where it's always very obvious to say, this is X frames per second, this movie is this long, there are this many hand-drawn frames each character moves this little bit between each frame. And that was something I thought about even as like a, a five-year-old watching these films with like a very vague uh, kind of knowledge of how films were animated, right? Um, but I, I never really thought about that in terms of stop motion. And I think that due to the just like staggering amount of obvious work that went into every single shot of Mad God, this is the first stop motion film that I really had to think about that for, uh, where there's just, I mean, there's so many shots that are just, three seconds where you just think like that was probably a year of work maybe to, to do that. I mean, in interviews, he talks about uh, specifically, there's one shot. I talked about this in the pod, but there's a mountain of soldiers bodies. And he was like, yeah, we just worked on that for like, like 15 years, just like in the back working on the other scene, somebody would like make a little dead body costume and then put it on the mountain. And then we'd, we'd, we'd go back and we'd do another one a few days later. Um, and it's like, it, it is the most obvious, like, the most obviously animated film that is not hand-drawn that I've ever seen. Um, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, spectacular. I think singular is a great, great way of saying it. Um, do we have a con- consensus or, I mean, oh, shit, I didn't notice Harry is actually, he's pissing, ladies and gentlemen. This is... Uh, or grabbing another drink, one of the two. He says piss and BRB in the chat, so... Oh, my bad. 
He's well, actually no, that's losing. he's Australian. He's, losing he's getting pissed, mate. He's getting pissed, that's mate. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting pissed. He's on road game shit. That's I would I would sorry. put forward Mad God is the if we're fine no, to bold it, but no. if if we want to, yeah, I mean, would you know. cons- consider that none of us have brought up Bambi or uh, well, like Bambi. Hey, Bambi's all, a great Disney. I'm not a Disney guy. We should talk Disney all the time. I really love Bambi. Bambi was one of my probably in my top ten. Uh, really loved it. Oh uh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, Bambi's a great <laughs> movie. The thing about yeah. Bambi is fuck Walt Disney and fault Disney. Yeah, fuck Disney. You, you get minus ten points. points. Last word on yeah. it. Last word on it. Um, do we want to? Yeah. Harry, do you want to? Uh, I, I mean, like, do we have any serious objections? I guess to Mad God I think taking it's mad home this God. award. Oh, I think it's Mad God, a hundred percent. Okay, personally. Harry, I'll let you. I'll let you uh, formally crown. All right, I'm bolding it. It's in bold. It's Mad God. Mad God wins best animated feature this year at the Golden Berries, and now oh, I'm going to oh. hand it off to Aaron for our next category. What if I just like? Thanos snap just faded away the minute you awarded Mad God. My work here is done. I ascended back up to the other plane. <laughs> oh, you, you have fights right. left to win, my friend. No, I know. Don't I know. Worry. I know. Uh, speaking of, uh, the next uh, category is best film series at the Trilon every year. I mean, they're, they're, all of the volunteers, John Moret, everybody works so hard to to not just play films at the Trilon, but play films in a manner that. I mean, these are series, right? They uh, they show you an aspect of film, a director, an actor, a certain period of time. And it's, uh, as Jason has kind of alluded to earlier, one of kind of the reasons that we like going to the trial-on is for that educational, fresh, new experience. I think this year was uh, uh, kind of no different in that regard. Uh, it was a great year uh, for these series. The nominees are... Uh, the first one was in May. Uh, it was Agnes Varda. Uh, I don't know. Oh God, there's French after this. Do you do cinema? Is that how you'd pronounce <laughs> oh that? God, maybe there's French after Dieu this. Do cinema. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Cleo from five to seven. Le Bonheur. One sings, the other doesn't. <laughs> Vagabond. Mers Mers and Documenture. Uh, Could you say May that also, second? No, I'm nope, sorry. Could nope. you say that every second time we do French one more time for us? If you please? want me to to massacre the Godzilla series, I will. But. Uh, no, the next one is the May series, uh, Ishiro Honda's Godzilla, including Godzilla, Mothra versus Godzilla, uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, Invasion of the Astro Monster, Destroy All Monsters, and Mecha Godzilla. September uh, saw the precise compositions of Kinio Tanaka, uh, which had Forever a Woman, The Moon Has Risen, Love Letter, and Girls of the Night. June to August uh, had a whole bunch of Nick Cage films. Nick Cage, National Treasure, uh, had Moonstruck, Bringing Out the Dead, Face Off, Snake Eyes, Con Air, (gasps) Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, Raising Arizona, Leaving Las Vegas, Drive Angry, Red Rock West, Valley Girl, Wild at Heart, and Mandy. And March uh, had, I think these were chronological, they're alphabetical. March had uh, Satoshi Kone's, uh, uh, the Satoshi Kone series, Anime's Great Genius, which had uh, all of all of his films, Tokyo Godfathers, Perfect Blue, Paprika, and Millennium Actress. By the uh, way, do you guys ever think about how, do you think that that's maybe John throwing shade at Hayao Miyazaki a little bit? <laughs> I mean, anime, maybe. An, I mean, anime's the, great the, genius. The, the better anime director. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! Uh, I can give my t- or should I pass it off? I, hey, Cody, Cody, what do you, what, Cody, what do you fucking think? I mean, I hey, can, Woody, I can hey. go. Which oh, is just yeah. that, like, I like surprising oh. Cody or Harry. Harry, go. Should I recuse myself from this? I feel like I have sort of a. Uh, um, you have a passion. You don't have a bias. Maybe more than ever, I have sort of a bias, right? But like, 
for me, you know, like, come on, like, well, I mean, it's it's kind of hard, right? Because, thank you, Jason. There, but there really are two on this list that I feel like. I mean, I remember back when Jason. This was like maybe two or three jobs ago for Jason. We had John Moret. Uh, we had just recorded with him for the first time, and afterwards he was like, "So, fellas." I love you guys. You guys are the best. I like you more than anybody else who is who attends the trial on. That's what he said, I believe, in as many words. And he was like, um, what do you guys want from the trial Because I will do whatever I can to make it happen as the principal programmer. And we said, John, we love you, John, but more anime at the trial on. We looked please. at each other knowing in our eyes what the other was about to say. And then Harry leaned around the corner and said, and Godzilla really quick. And then he, <laughs> he slinked back. <laughs> right, said both right, those right. things. Anime and Godzilla, please. And and this year we got both, right? We got Satoshi Kone, anime's great genius, and we got Ishiro yeah. Honda's Godzilla, which like, by the way, like, not to sort of put my foot on the scale too much, but like, poor Agnes Varda, right? Maybe one of the best yeah. directors, one of the best film directors who ever lived pretty yeah. unequivocally uh five, we only we only nice. talked about her yeah. uh one of her four films because we were too busy talking about the, tri- <laughs> the godzilla movies <laughs> this year so um i don't know i'm just saying that like i might just have to sort of like recuse myself like i think i think y'all know what i would vote for yeah. in this situation <laughs> i don't actually there's two i don't actually you yeah. kind of made points for both of them. Right. It's that one in the runner-up, but I think that in, in lieu of those yeah. things, maybe I just need to listen to what y'all have to say. I I have a... Can I give my take, which is maybe going to immediately get shot down, but uh, it is maybe slightly rambling, but I, I feel kind of strongly about in a weird way. Uh, can, I, can, I do, can I do that? Please, go. Go. Uh, do it. Go. I, go, go. I think there are like two or three things that I really look for out of a film series at the Trilon. Uh, the first, I think, is kind of achieved by the Satoshi Kon series, which is a uh, somewhat, if not entirely, complete retros- retrospective of somebody's work or presence in film, right? Uh, now, Satoshi Kon, we didn't have any of the non-film stuff of his work, you know, some of the TV work for short films, things like that. Um, but Dude, we if had they, his... if they would have showed all 12 episodes of Paranoia yeah, Agent at the Trilon, like, this wouldn't even argument. be a discussion. Yes. Uh, I, I may bring that up in a minute. Uh, but I think the Satoshi Kon film uh, series as a series is great. I think another uh, way that I like to look at film series is bringing up uh, some aspect of film that I think some of us or none of us were familiar with at all, right? And I think the Tanaka series is kind of that for me, where I don't know that we all like loved these films. I liked all of them, but there were moments in them. There were little things that we kind of nitpicked, uh, maybe fairly. Uh, and I don't think any of those films, I don't think any of them are making like our, our best picture discussion, right? They didn't make our top fives, but like you cannot find most of those films in English, uh, on the internet, like they, they're, they're not, I don't know what the presence is in Japan, but they are, uh, kind of like an unknown entity for most, uh, even like film watchers, uh, at least in the United States. And so to have four of those films, uh, very representative of like female centric cinema from Japan from a certain period of time, I think that is like truly amazing. Um, I think that like for me though, my favorite thing uh, when it comes to a film series is when it shows something 
that is uh, either an actor or a director or whatnot that is extremely prolific, but still manages to nail the highs and the lows of their career. Every single section, every single this decade, this decade, this decade, and really gives you like a true education and who that person is and what they did in film and what they're doing in film. I think the Nick Cage series is that undeniably for me, where Nick Cage is such a prolific actor. He has done so much work, some of it good, some of it dog shit. And we have the good here. We have the dog shit here, or at least maybe the kind of bad here. The fact that we have like award-winning, critically acclaimed performances from Moonstruck, Bring Out Your Dead, uh, you know, Bad Lieutenant, Raising Arizona, Leaving Las Vegas. But we also have like Drive Angry. Um, you know, his career is one that like, has sections on Wikipedia when you go there, right? And, like, he was doing really well, and then he was, like, eating shit, doing, like, C and B movie trash, and we have that represented. We have him, like, turning his career around with Mandy, and, like, the Nick Cage series is, like, these aren't even my favorite films on this list, but, like, the Nick Cage series is, like, why? That's, like, what I love about, like, the film programming, uh, the Trilon, like, the most. So, like, that's my vote, like, far and away. Um, uh, But, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm going to characterize these a little bit differently, but ultimately, I, I like I'm going to recognize the series that um, that Aaron just did the the few of them that he laid out there. Like coming into this category, what I had in my notes because like I'm and that is my framing for a lot of these. It's just like what like what criteria do I think about with each of these categories? What what's you know it's 2022. What do I value most? And in some cases, I value getting like pound for pound the most um like exuberant like i don't know explosion of joy from watching like all of the the works in a theme if i can or as many as possible in like the satoshi cone series just like the i mean like the quality of each of those watches they're like they're all bangers we we saw all of them like there there is something to that and you know the fact that we were driven to it um and that we're you know the privileged little assholes that made it happen i mean we didn't but also we did who knows um, John, right. You have some explaining to do, uh, but also well, I, I'm taking credit for Satoshi Kone, at least. I know you are. Um, the, uh, so like, so that jumps to the surface from the like perspective of eclectic or eccentric, whatever those feels more appropriate, just that act of bringing together diverse works to showcase the full body of work for an artist. Um, the Nicholas Cage series, uh, I think about, and that is, the closest thing we have to any of the nominees being like one of those slates of films where it's like, oh, it's a thematic through line that's bringing these movies together. Like we don't really have like the Reagan dystopia type nominee. It's, um, you know, from its franchise or, or director or, you know, or the actor's body of work. And, um, yeah, like I, I think the collection of, of Nick Cage films that we had throughout the whole summer, um, that was, I mean, it was even more effective than I, th- I think it would have and could have been. But then the other piece that, you know, the other important piece that comes, uh, <laughs> I say this as an expert of, of film programming, um, like I, like the Kanuyo Tanaka series, there we go, excuse me, um, like, rec- like showcasing these films that are, that are criminally underseen, um, from like a, a great artist of her time, um, I love that we got to talk about three of those movies on Mike. Uh, I liked all of them and uh, even loved uh, a few of them. And I'm, 
I don't know. I'll be on the lookout for whenever we can get like, I mean, maybe it's already out there, but just like seeing these on, you know, in physical media in, in some capacity because they like, they're so go back to our discussions. I'm just going to plug our podcast. Like I, 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 those are great episodes. They're great discussions. She's a great, she was a great director. Um, and like, we would have not like, we'll say it. We've said it in this episode already with other works. We'll, I'm sure we'll say it over the next several hours, but just like, that's something we w- would not have even thought twice about otherwise had it not been for it being programmed. Um, so all that is to say, I'm still kicking around those three, um, sorry to the other <laughs> nominees. Um, we should have seen more Anya's Varda. Um, we should, and I mean the, the Godzilla films were also a lot of fun. I loved seeing those and talking about those with y'all, but the, those three are, are sort of occupy a higher slot for me right now. Um, and I will kick it to whoever's next. Sorry. I didn't keep track of that again. I believe I'm next. Is that okay? I Jason? So. Yeah. All right. Here's the thing. And I think that, uh, Aaron put this really eloquently. So I really appreciate that Aaron, but, but the thing is that like, I think that I would have done a Nick Cage marathon at some point in my life. Like I love the Nick Cage movies that we saw. I think it is a really demonstrative retrospective of his career, but Nick Cage to me is a known commodity, you know, especially like he just had that movie that came out that was all about him. The tremendous burden of unbelievable talent talent, or unbearable talent. Yeah. Um, For me, I'm unequivocally for Kunio Tanaka because I never would have seen these movies if not for the Trilon. Like, I, I honest to God think that, like, they would have slipped past my radar, right? In the same way that, like, um, a lot of other movies would have. They would have been sort of like, I think that I literally had Kunio Tanaka on my watch list um, on Letterboxd before the Trilon featured her, but... You know, I have a thousand movies on my watch list and like I don't know that I ever would have gotten around to it. And I feel like my life is like my understanding of history and my sort of like appreciation of cinema is so improved by the fact that I got to see these Kunio Otanaka movies at the Trilon and in a in a format that I never would have gotten the opportunity to see them otherwise. Um that like to me, that's sort of what the Trilon is all about, right? Is that like, oh, like, here are these movies, right, that you maybe never would have considered before, that you maybe never would have, like, even known about before, but, like, they are actually very important to cinema history. And now you get to experience them through us, and they get to inform your understanding of all of the other cinema you get to experience. And I feel like... Above all of the other nominees on this list, Kunio Tanaka uh, represented that for me, where it was like the idea to under like to know that that there were women in Japan in the 1940s who were making movies like Forever a Woman, a.k.a. The Eternal Breasts. And like that understanding that the Trilon was able to give me not only of cinema, but of like literal human history at that point is very invaluable to me um, in a way that, like, I really love the Nick Cage series, right? Like, I think that, not to spoil things too much, but um, I'm going to go to bat for old Nick later on on this episode. <laughs> but, um, but, like, I think that, like, in terms of, like, the best series, in terms of, like, what is the Trilon all about, and how do they best wield their power? In my opinion, 
Kunio Tanaka takes it. Um, but I'm interested to hear what Jason has to say. I'm going to allow my uh, my, my like more logical instincts, which are to say, like I prefer these series to deepen my familiarity with an artist rather than introduce me to them per se. Which that natural inclination would lead me toward Nick Cage because uh, he was not a known quantity to me so much. I guess I sort of knew that there was breadth and depth. I did not know the breadth and depth, so to speak, before I saw movies like Red Rock West, which really an insufferably. No, wait, Leaving Las Vegas was the one that fucking, God, that was a slog. Uh, And, you know, Port of Call that just really sort of explode my idea of who this is and sort of build that person to me. That's my natural inclination is that I think the cases that everybody's made for Kinuyo Tanaka, she, that shifts her from my second place from my like runner up into first place. Just the fact that like, no, I wouldn't have gotten to see these. Technically it's a, it was a series full of dry runs for me. Uh, maybe an artist of dry runs because I don't know if any of her works were on my watch list. I don't know if I'd ever even heard her name, but to know that each one of them just kind of banged, none of them really stank. Some were better than others. And to know that they were all unified in a really like sensible structure. Um, You got to love a series like the cone series that manages to squish in everything that the artist did in a feature film format. Uh, Like, the Ishiro Honda's Godzilla, all of his contributions to that mythos were encapsulated in that. I love the completeness of those. That's not the hugest factor for me. The hugest factor was typically does this introduce, like give me a better understanding of an artist that I maybe already do know. In this case, I feel like the Tanaka series managed to do both. Like it did introduce me to the artist and give me like a really good idea of just because it spanned her career from the early fifties to the mid sixties, which was kind of like the bulk of it, I guess give me a great swath of her work and give let make me feel like I could never watch another Tanaka film in my life and really have a good handle on the, on the, you know, outer crust of it that I like, I know it's limits. I know it's boundaries. That is a really effective series to me. I think the Nick Cage ones maybe are more impressive in terms of like that. You could structure all of these in a sensible format and the card that they gave you for completing and getting a poster was really neat. Uh, more of that please. But I think it's Tanaka for me. I will say that uh, I'm, I'm still Nick Cage number one, but I think Tanaka is my number two. And so if everybody else is saying Tanaka, I say, yeah, let's go. Let's, uh, C- I'm Cody. That. Yeah. 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 Tanaka. I think I'm I mean, saying, here's the thing. I'm thinking these Tanaka. are all really good. Uh, we, we definitely didn't maybe talk about Varda and, and Godzilla as much as maybe we should have, but like those are two great series as well. And like, I, the, oh, yeah. I was kind of gonna I, my main complaint against godzilla was like oh i would have liked to see other period godzilla but like it is Ishiro Ishir- honda's godzilla and like it is i think also representative of that showa period of godzilla films mm-hmm. in a way that's like pretty incredible um see so Aaron like, knows who the actual winner of this category is. i Maybe he will win another category. You know, he has his time in the sun. Maybe who knows? Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm happy saying uh, uh, the precise compositions of Kunio Tanaka. I mean, we'll, let's bold it. There you have it, folks of mine. Oh, uh, no, I'm gonna bold it because I'm. Yeah, I'm you should bold it because you. Oh no, it, God, baby. it's already bolded because it's. Wait, I just sorry, need to I did that. It. I did that. We gotta agree on this. We gotta okay. agree on this stuff more often. Hey, there good go. job. Somebody highlighted it, and I love that. Uh, wonderful. Well, that was Best Film Series at the Trilon in 2022. Thank you, Aaron, for uh, hosting. Fellas, you ever you ever given from a movie and feel like you just got off a slip and slide 
you ever feel like you were just dunked in a in a glass hmm. of like in a glass of metamucil like you're just sloppy you're just feeling wet we have the wettest film at the trial. I'm on feeling Simmons. moist. You're feeling Jason, moist. You're feeling, you. you're feeling overhydrated. You're feeling just a little goopy, maybe. That's the wettest film at the trial. Oh, on yeah. In 2022. Uh, our nominees are, uh, let's see, I need to scroll back. We have Diabolique, d- directed by Henri Georges Clouseau. We have La Cienega, directed by Lucretia Martel. Mad God by Phil Tippett. Uh, Possession by Andre Zhuvovsky. Uh, and The Return of the Living Dead, directed by Dan O'Bannon. I, full disclosure, cannot uh, vote. I, I don't know if I should. I guess we didn't cover this. Should I recuse myself because I didn't see Return of the Living Dead? Um, is this is this what? a I, Jason? I didn't, Return of the Living ever, Dead is not going to win, but you can you can talk about. I didn't about. see Return of the Living. Okay, I just wanted. You, you got to see I, that movie, ju- dude. It's uh, really great. It's really uh, good. Really got to see that, that movie. I it is semi wet. Well, it is. Even, it is. It is definitely the, wet. Even look, from the look, gift look, that look, I made, drenched. that gift that I made, everybody in that gift, every human, yeah. looks wet as hell. And like, they're wet. The yeah, thing. no, they're wet. one of them is dead. So I, it's not going to win. Okay, if it doesn't win, it doesn't because win. Um, we can talk about. I mean, it is wet. There's rain. The rain is yeah, the well, thing that spreads let's, the zombie let's talk, virus. Let's talk just for a short while, and I will time us as best I can to like five minutes of discussion. What does it mean to be a wet film at the trial end in 2022? We're talking for five minutes about what it means to be a wet. Okay, less I, four I, hour podcast episode. So we got like seven <laughs> categories left, and we've been talking for an hour already. I just wanted to give us something. Okay, excuse me. Wet definition: uh, covered or saturated with water, or importantly, for your another liquid. Now the other liquid Ooh. might come into play. Uh, in a Is it bit. calm? It's you calm. Of I, shit. No, I don't think so. I'm looking at these films. I don't. Think I mean, so. if it's possession. Okay, so so let's go through. No, our, I, yeah. yeah, let's yeah, go through our. Yeah, um, there is. It, it, sorry to jump the line no, here. There, yeah, do it. Just do it. really, really quick. I I feel strongly about. I, I guess you know wet. Wet films, top to bottom. This is, I think, one of the <laughs> like unironically. I think this is one of the strongest categories we have. These are all, Ooh. I think, worthy of a wet crown. Um, a very moist. <laughs> they're mantle all the wet to, bandits, if you will. The, uh, there are some considerations. Um, certain variables. Um, check off stats major bingo card. Um, uh, there are in some cases where some of these movies where the wetness. Rather than it being a prevalent um, presence throughout, plays primarily into the like certain narrative fulcrums or um, or like climactic sequences. And I'm thinking of uh, Diabolique and Return of the Living Dead. Those serve the wet the wetness serves very important functions. Interesting um, point. Which I, I don't know if that precludes yeah. them from being the wettest film. I just want that as a well, consideration. Whereas La Cienega, Mad God, and Possession are. Just There's wetness weird. throughout. Yeah, I think the the general environment um, and and uh, oove of those movies. I definitely didn't use that word correctly, but they're they're just it's not even close. You glass on it. Yes. The, the um yeah so um I I ooved it um move, moving ooving right along um La Cienega Mad God Possession on the other hand I, I feel uh when I think of those movies I think of them being wet throughout. If I if we're limiting it to water wetness. Um, like purely wetness coming from again, like water sources. Um, my pick would be La Cienega. If we are opening it up to all fluids, my pick would be possession. Um, I think that is there's like okay. a very the, the, the like in my mind that it's defined by a lot of things, but the texture is one of them. The wetness is a huge component of that texture. Um, Aaron, what does your oof say about that? I- I will uh, I'll make make two points. The first point, I think 
we cannot limit wetness to pure water. You can be wet with all sorts of stuff. I agree. All sorts of liquids can make you wet. I think even going farther than that, I will say you can be wet in a way that's not even specifically wet. If there's a particularly squishy kind of guy, that's kind of wet. There's something wet. Dampness, squishiness, gooiness. Wet is a a state of mind. You know what I mean? Wet is a way of living your life. It's your environment. If you're in kind of just like a run down, there's just like wet environments that aren't necessarily like filled with water per se, but just, just wet. You know what I mean? Um, I will, mm-hmm. in a in maybe a cheap shot here, have to say that uh, I believe that uh, Diabolik is on the list because of the drowning in the bathtub. Diabolik. And I yeah. would say we can take it off because that motherfucker didn't even drown. He didn't even get fully wet. He faked his death in that bathtub. Oh, he was, get it out of here. He did get wet. Not sufficiently wet. I'm, his insides didn't. Do not do not wow. consider do not consider this as a vote for Diabolik, but he did get he was fully submerged in that son bitch. He was he was wet that, as well. That's, that's it's that a great no, it's, it's an honor to be nominated. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no, he's it's he's, an he's, honor to be nominated. He's, he's not my winner. Diabolik is not my winner. Um but I Look, should say a bathtub scene yeah. Sorry, I, I agree open I agree opening it up to non water wetness. Uh, yeah. as my winner of, or excuse me, my personal vote would be for La Cienega because the wetness of that movie, the sweatiness of that movie, the stenchiness of that movie, the muddiness of that movie pervades from the beginning to the end and affects everybody. Nobody is ever dry in that movie, whether it's from bathing, whether it's from swimming, whether, whether it's from just standing out in the South American heat. Holy shit, that is a wet movie. I don't think that there is another one that really touches this. There are more gruesome, more pointed instances of wetness, i.e. Mad God. That that would be my run up because there are like really gross wetnesses, really wetnesses that stick with you. But an essential wetness, that's why I'm thinking of La Cienega as the winner for me. Um, I'm happy to hear other I, arguments. I will say really quick, just as a quick inter- kind of intermission here. I'm, I was ready to go hard for Mad God. I was ready to maybe pull back to possession if need be. Uh, I did not see La Cienega. So if everybody's like, La Cienega is the wettest shit I've ever seen. If it's the fucking way of water over there. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I didn't see it. So I will step back if that is the case. If there is support for La Cienega. Sit your dry ass down and listen. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Thank you. A truly brutal thing for Aaron to say right before I was about to talk, because I'm also throwing my hat in for La Cienega, because yeah. the wetness of La Cienega is of like deep thematic import. You know what I mean? It represents a certain kind of moral decay, a certain kind of like um, overlooking of important things a certain, to pay attention like, to stayed like unmoving uh, exactly stale a certain stillness. sort of stagnance yeah. Yeah, a, certain, a certain sort of <laughs> um rot right a certain sort of something is rotten in the state of denmark or in that case in the state mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. um la cienega right where it's like it is a swamp and it's like the wetness in that movie is of like direct thematic import to what that movie is saying about the dissolution of the family, the dissolution of um, the community in the face of capitalist class, in the face of sort of um, all of the things that lead to man's isolation from himself, man's alienation from himself, and uh, the way that it is visited upon this one high-class family mm-hmm. um, and the way that it leads to their ultimate uh, 
downfall and also like very particularly the the downfall of their future right as represented right. by that child and so it's like in that movie more so than any of the other movies on this list like very particularly wetness and sort of all that wetness represents in terms of rot in terms of mold in terms of sort of like the seeping in of corruption into a existing structure uh la cienega takes it for me because la cienega is thematically yeah the wettest of films that's i mean even the name right it's the swamp yeah and it's like what's wetter than a it, swamp? It, per- it pervades the movie both visually and thematically um but I am curious because we, uh, Cody, you kicked this off our discussion by mentioning both possession uh, and uh, and did you say Mad God as well? Uh, La Cienega, La Cienega and, and possession and... were were I think my top two for different reasons. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, broadening the scope or broadening the scope of wetness specifically for La Cienega, um, I mean, I think further strengthens my um, propensity for that as like the pick in this category. Um, I don't know if that's what, what, what everybody else has on, on deck, but it seems like we're trending toward that. Um, also, it's worth noting that Nick Cohey was on that episode and he was a really great guest. Yes, he was one of the um, most He really did some amazing work on that episode. I was very glad to have Nick Cohey. Please uh, check out that episode because we covered one Lucrucia Martel film, though we would have done both if we could. Um, Aaron, do you actually have something to say or did you just leave your hand up again? No, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, again... A, a little bit, uh, uh, you know, not not able to to argue against La Cienega. In Mad God, there is a scene, just as a quick reminder, where four little giants soil themselves, uh, shit and piss into a funnel, shit, and then I it goes into somebody's mouth. And piss, I forgot. And then the it goes into piss. somebody's. I mean, here's, if we're if we're counting wetness in terms of like, oh, there's a bunch of water, there's a bunch of moisture. All right, yeah, have, have fun. If we count the kinds of wetness. We have fecal matter. We have spit. We have blood. We have brain. We, <sighs> yeah. we have. We, you got the whole top ten wetness. Uh, you know, Letterman like late night. Boom! All of those are in Mad God. Down the whole list. You know what I mean? Uh, but no, it can go to La Cienega. That's fine. Okay, I'm That's, I'm uh, confident yeah. saying La Cienega. Now I know that but also we, possessions wet too. We sort of came up with Shout this topic based on Mad God because there's a lot of gross wetness in that movie, and that's what I mean. Like yeah. the striking wetness. That's yes. right. It is. It is. It is in Ugh. toto. I think even the people La Cienega, as defined the category. I think it's got to be La Cienega. But I do respect Mad God as a more less poignantly, but more if it was squelchiest film. film. If, if it, it was squelchiest film. If it was cummiest. If it was shittiest. Oh, film. you didn't have to. No, possession would win Comius <laughs> film. We have okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, topa, yeah, that topa, yeah. yeah. There's Mandrake so much cum in that movie, dude. Monster, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, wait a minute. I mean, let's let's really take a vote now. I mean, it sounds like I'm La Cienega. I'm La Cienega. Way. Jason's La Cienega. Uh, Aaron, you're recusing yourself. I and if Cody says La Cienega, I will recuse uh, recuse myself. If he says Mad God, then maybe we got a boxing match. But I'm not gonna. Right. That's La Cienega. I mean, I think. Uh, what do we think, Cody? Cody? What, You're I the say, swing vote. <clears throat> La Cienega. That's yeah. fair. Is that a Spanish right. word for Mad God? I I don't speak. No, uh, bold it, bro. Let's do it. Pee pee poop. Here we go. Right. We are we are, yeah, we are La, Cienega. La Cienega, directed by Lucretia Martel. Thank you. 
everybody for joining for one more excuse me uh, wettest uh host right now is, is Jason. the wettest co-host yeah no, 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 no. Uh, jesus christ and i'll hand off to uh my second wettest co-host uh cody narverson for our next category oh it's uh, i don't know about that fourth wettest co-host it's an honor just to be nominated for that um for that prolific category, but we're moving right along. And the next category we have on the docket is the best non-film series film. Uh, you can think of it as the best one-off film. So as a, whoops, as a sort of contrast to the uh, category, a few categories ago uh, where we talked about the best film series at the Trilon, where there's, um, you know, a theme in play where it's again, the thematic through line, or we're focusing on a, a director or an actor or a specific um, franchise of films. Uh, as a contrast, these are sort of the, the ones that the, the films that we did episodes on that don't necessarily have as strict of a home. Um, they might be part of the, like the cult film collective picks, uh, you know, as far as those screenings are concerned. Um, but that's, I, I think at the, at the very most, the, the categorizing that would bring these films to, uh, the the Trilon screen, you know, the the single screen at the Trilon Cinema, and the ones that we have in contention for this category are as follows: We have Batman, nineteen sixty six, directed by Leslie H. Martinson. We have Chess of the Wind, directed by Mohammad Reza Aslani. We have Electra, My Love, directed by Miklos Yancho. We have Phil Tippett's Mad God, and we have David Burns' True Story. So those are our candidates for the best one-off the best non-film series film for the year 2022 um opening remarks anybody feel strongly uh, about i'm not going to catch anybody off guard Who, who's got a, a strong uh your way to lead us in aaron chess sweeps chess I sweeps mean, chess sweeps or chess sweeps. oh really i am okay i was i was gonna say mad god but if we want chess to sweep i uh all these films are great films. I saw three of them, but they're all great films. It's an honor to be nominated, but I feel like it's kind of a one-two <laughs> battle here, uh, if if I am correct, unless we have a big argument for Electra. I didn't see True Stories. I think Harry loves True Stories. I love True um, Stories, too, but yeah. But like, yeah. I don't think it holds a candle. Maybe one, two. Yeah, yeah. Harry? Oh, are you done? I was already looking up the lyrics yeah. to several of the songs okay. on True Stories just to talk about them. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Here's the thing. Um, David Byrne is singular in terms of artists. Talking Heads are the greatest band. Um, maybe I should recuse myself from this one as one as well. Uh, for me, it's either True Stories or Electra My Love. Electra My Love is like an insanely hard movie. It like it goes so hard. Uh, Aaron, were you on that episode? I can't remember. We had an Aziz. I was on that not, episode. and I didn't see it. So. It's an amazing. Hmm. I forgot that you you've seen maybe approximately fifty percent of the twenty two percent of these films. It's Mad yeah. God, and that's that's kind of the film that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, that's exciting. Year. It's almost yeah. like it should be just disqualified from this entire contest. Oh, um, ouch. I really love Electra, my love, and I really love True Stories. I think True Stories is like a weirdly succinct and um like total summation of david burns sort of approach to modernity um which makes it a really amazing movie in my opinion um electra my love is like just maybe the hardest a movie has ever gone and like one of the movies i'm most thankful to have seen at the trial on because again similarly to um 
Kunio Tanaka, I never would have seen that movie probably without the Trilon, and I'm so glad I did. Um, so it's one of those two for me, but um, I am maybe willing to give this one up uh, in exchange for some of the bigger <laughs> fights. Like a, to a token that he will hand back later yeah, when he yeah, needs I something. Gotta, exactly. I've got to promise like, my first Someday, one. and that day may never come. I will ask, but it will come today. You. Yes, it'll it be the same in, day. In approximately twenty 15 minutes. minutes yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I will ask something of you, and uh, you will give that to me. So we'll see about that. But what do you have got to say about the best online film series, uh, Jason? Uh, can I? Is there any argument to be made for the fact that Miklos Yancho, what Miklos Yancho? Sorry, didn't they play one more of his movies? During this series, I feel like there were two films that they played. Was it a Miklos. series? If it's what a series, it? then I, I well, I, does, does, knock it on does, out does, of here. Does but two films, you know. Yeah, what was the other movie? Uh, let me. I would say that a, a series is a series if it is listed as a series and not as a you other so? programming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Upcoming events. You can have two individual. August twelfth, <clears> in my opinion, the red and the white, and Electra, my love. Those were his. You know, I, I think that that's it's still a non-series film, but I Do you think, think it's a non-series film. There, anyway, it, this, motherfuck- this motherfucker is killing it on it a te- technicality. It wasn't going. It wasn't going to oh, no. get my vote anyway. It wasn't going to make my vote. Dude, Electra Love is so good, though. It wasn't going to make my vote anyway. Oh, it's so good. Remember when the communist helicopter lands and they get the communist helicopter? I didn't see it. Fuck off! You don't even get to be talking. He's going to be saying that for the rest of the Electra My Love is so good. I'm curious, but can I get a Cody take? I Cody has been Cody. I feel like you gotta, you gotta. I feel like you're gonna swing it here, so I'm kind of curious what what oh, your Lord. opinion is. Uh, I'm, and again, this is me thinking about what the the not criteria is the, the wrong for this one, but like about it, the better the the make um, it up as we go along. I don't know what that song is. It's, uh, it's the, the song from Electra My Love. No, it's oh. the Batman theme song. No, it's um I, I the two that I'm kicking around are Chess of the Wind and Mad God because of their their particular singularities and especially the like their journeys to the screen and how those may have played into how hard they would be to group those with other films. Um like those off-screen experiences, all of that culminating into us seeing them at the at the trial-on and then talking about them afterward, or most of them, most of us seeing Mad God at the trial-on and then, um, to, wait, Aaron, did you, no, did you see Mad God at the trial-on, Aaron, or did you? I you saw Mad saw God at the, the second best repertory theater in the Midwest, the Music Box, uh, okay. yep. bigger screen, uh, but uh, I did not see it at the trial-on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And but I did uh, see it in theater. If if the in theater part right. is the important, it was a great theater experience. No. No. For yes. sure. It was me. Um. Having a it, my memory doesn't go back a, a full calendar year. It's a gift and a curse. Um. I think uh, with the I guess with, with the um the hiccup from Electra, my love. If that's if that's on me for putting an improper nominee into this category, that's that's I, my bad. I, but I, I, I yeah. I don't I, think I, we can argue against all of them being like. Singular, like yes. singular films in, yes. in their in their own. It was the one right. worth the, seeing. The Chess of the Wind, Mad God, variables yes. stand out a lot to me. Sorry, Jason, I keep stepping on you. No, I kept stepping on you. I was just jumping in because it's fun to leave my microphone on sometimes. Uh, I will not say that we should disqualify Electra, My Love, uh, because I do not think it is the winner here anyway. I don't know if we are going to get critical mass behind it. 
I'm sticking to sweeps unless we get in a 50-50 tie. Um, I'm I, saying Mad God. It's got to be, you're right? You're sticking the Mad God? Us think Mad God? I, yeah. I mean, like, I do agree. I mean, what's your number I, two? My number two would have been Mad God. <laughs> All right. Well, my number two is Chess of the Wind. So, Harry, would you go Mad God or Chess of the Wind? Purely, this is not a vote. Just if you were going to go Mad God or Chess In of the, the Wind. In the abstract. You my, my number one is True Stories. My number two is Electra, my love. Fuck. So, okay, fuck but then you. Th- what would you do? Three. Batman, if- motherfucker. After, <laughs> okay, you. after Batman. Chess of the Wind. Ooh. Right. I mean, Ooh. if we just want to roll over, Cody, Chess do you sweeps. feel stronger about Mad God or Chess of the Wind? Tough for me. I, I mm. deciding in the moment. It sounds like it's a 2 1. I, go for for no, for chess of the wind and i well, i mentioned could be a two, both two. of them I, chess of the wind is fine by me. Nice. Chess, <laughs> sweeps, chess sweeps why are you laughing i was, I was you, trying to help you, you out i was trying to help you out i think we're i think congratulations we're to, to true stories directed by <laughs> david byrne for no, winning Cody's, uh, uh, he's the winner in this category he's is harry cool. dean stanton he's gone Congratulations. Rogue. he's trying uh, a coup uh, harry dean um, uh, maggie chung uh we've got just, the, the rogues gallery going look, on listen oh, God, listener too soon maggie chung. pause pause this podcast right now and listen to this must be the place naive melody and listen Prince. to your heart who did that? about who won is that a king who Crimson won this category um, just listen <laughs> listen to that song listen to Cody. that song and and then listen to your heart you know what Cody, i mean please that's all it's calling bolded it it's the, over. The, congratulations, uh, Mohammed Reza Aslani, yet again, uh, picking up another dub, Chess of the Wind, for best non-Lan series film, the best one-off of the year. Scooting right along to our next category, uh, another new category for this year, and Aaron, I'll let you talk a little bit more about it. Yes, the new category for this year is Beef. The nominees are Beef from Phantom of the Paradise. And the winner is Beef from Phantom of the Paradise. Congrats. Uh, good discussion, everybody. Bolding that one. Giving it to Beef uh, again. Beef, Jason, can we get the bell? Beef from Phantom of the Paradise winning Beef. I mean, uh, really, gonna, really yeah, the, only, the only option in this case. I feel it's like a hard fight. unanimous on it's this It's a hard one. fight, but we have to give we it to Beef. We did a great job. We've yeah. got to give it to Beef. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's got to be Beef. Speaking of hard fights, uh, I'm going to pass it over to Jason for what got to be one of the harder fights. Well, not after after beef. I mean, this is going to seem like a cakewalk. Can we just take a break after that? I need to try to fan on. My man has already shed three layers. (laughs) (laughs) We we have at the Trilon uh, in 2022 a a number of uh, film helm people. I'm trying trying to take my timestamp. We have Best Director. Uh, as determined by their uh, the, the, how how big a presence they had uh, at the Trilon, not necessarily in terms of films, but in, the, in terms of the impact that those films made on the overall programming schedule and our sensibilities uh, as people who covered some of those movies. Um, so we have our uh, our nominees for Best Director of the Trilon in 2022 are Ishiro Honda for Godzilla, Ghidorah, The Three-Headed Monster, uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla, um, we have Satoshi Kon for Perfect Blue, Tokyo Godfather's Paprika, and Millennium Actress. We have Kinuyo Tanaka for Forever Woman slash The Eternal Breasts, The Moon Has Risen, Love Letter, and Girls of the Night. We have Agnes Varda, Cleo from 5 to 7, and Lip Owner. And we have Andrei Zhuvowski. Zhuvowski. I'm sorry. I, I knew I was going to do one of I these. I said take a go. drink every time. No, no. Yeah. Psh, you did well. Uh, yeah. For Possession. Possessioni. Uh, the pr- correct Italian way to pronounce it. Um, 
where do we want to start with this discussion? Best director. What 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 does it mean to you? And uh, and Harry, what, what who would you choose? Is that the Godzilla theme song? It sure is, buddy. Okay. And you know who it is. It's Ishiro Honda, my man. The inventor of Godzilla, the inventor of the king himself, the inventor of the god himself. It's got to be Ishiro Honda. Godzilla, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, terror of Mecha Godzilla. Come on. I mean, it's either that or it's Satoshi Kon. It's one of those two. Yeah, I think it's Satoshi Kon. <laughs> I think, hey, folks, I, I think I, it's Satoshi Kon. I, per- I personally, I know this Probably would have like, been Varda if we did more films. I know but. this is usually like big ticket type. Thing. I think it's I think it's Cone. Yeah, if we'd covered more Varda, I probably would have lent more that way. But knowing that we didn't, knowing that we were able to see the entire, like I said, breadth of Cone's career, at least in like feature film. Listener, uh, listener, this is my design. This was my oh, this was my plan. Two winners against each other. Is that a talking head song? I'm doing it. This was the way that I guaranteed Satoshi Cone the win. Wait, who uh, do you think I, you were up against here? I made it a competition between Ishiro Honda and Satoshi Kone. E- Did you guys want to give it to Zawowski? Whoever <laughs> wins, quick. I Just win. You we know what have, I mean? It's we do like, have numbers. This is so easy for me. It's like it's either Ishiro Honda or it's Satoshi Kone. You guys, Wait, you, I little, see you people is, can lose. Is you can choose whoever you want. Either way, it's Harry's W. You know <laughs> what I mean? So go ahead. Debate now. Go for it, Aaron. Do you I, have I, a uh, argument to any of that? No, I, I'll I'll say that uh, my my big argument against Satoshi Kon during the film series was that uh, it didn't have any of his non-film stuff. And for a director who it's easy to be somewhat comprehensive of, I would have liked to maybe see some of that from a film series standpoint. And like a perfect role, not like an insult to, to the film programming. It's like perfect, right? You got all four of those, showing all four of those in a very short period of time. I think some of them were on film. It's like crazy, right? Um, I think that similarly, I think uh, Tanaka kind of uh, uh, got, uh, you know, uh, you know, best film series. I think that was well-deserved. I think Varda, again, probably be winning if we had more of her films. Uh, and Zawowski will probably get his dues in a short amount of time here. I think that, like, best director, I think, yeah, uh, Satoshi Kon should probably take this. I Things mean, great. listen, in a, in a fair world... It would absolutely be Agnes Varda. You know, I'm a, I'm a, a merciful God. I understand that. But it's like this is a podcast that includes me, Harry Mackin, as a participant. And like it turned out that back when we were doing those things, it was either going to be we are going to record on the Godzilla movies or we're going to record on the Agnes Varda movies. And like, look, we ended up recording on the Godzilla movies. You know what I mean? It's like, who can say why we did that? Who can say um, why the decision was made to focus on Godzilla versus Agnes Varda? Agnes Varda, a truly singular French director, an amazing woman, um, one of the greatest who ever lived, certainly. But look, it just turns out that we only recorded on one of the four movies that was played. And we recorded on the three, three of the movies that Ishiro Honda directed. So like 
just in terms of sort of like distribution, I think it's either got to be Honda or Cone. How do you feel about that, Jason? Which one are you going with? I'm still going Cone. Uh, I think that it is amazing that we managed to get the series going at all. At the, maybe we. That, I mean, uh, that the series managed to happen at all. Yeah, we. Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I've always and by we you mean I, me and you I, specifically. I, I, fe- I feel, I suppose, because I've seen. I, I wrote John movies. a note with a check for ten thousand dollars, and I was like, "Just help my friends out. They they need it." I drunken master, you know. He, look, just just give, just let them. They're come so on. sore. Just yeah, I know the <laughs> the Wong Kar Wai films didn't. That you know, just just. Just give them, the, give them some anime. Dude, Toss them some the, anime. They need in it. In the mood for love played last year, and we didn't give it best picture. What the fuck? Anyway, uh, I'm still, I, I'm not sore about it anymore. I've, I, I've obviously gotten over it. Uh, I should say we did four Tanaka films, I believe, right? Forever Woman. Oh, sorry, no, that's wrong. Uh, we did three. Um, I'm still going. Yeah, she ain't winning this though. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, it came up as four search results when I searched the podcast. Uh, I still give it cone. Uh, I am. I feel like the presence of the director in those movies because of the provenance of like he passed early. He only had this many chances at film, uh, you know, feature films. He had such a wide career and uh, and such a gigantic influence despite only having four feature films. I feel like in terms of my own criteria for this category, which is like how big an impact did they have? What sort of things did I get to learn about them? I I'm going a cone bold on this one. I, I cone gets my bold. I'd say bold unless Cody has some hate for Satoshi Kone. No, in terms of uh, when it comes to the, in the words of the of Vicky Carr, who was prominently featured in the best picture shown at the Trilon this year, it must be him. It must be him. It must be Satoshi Kone. My favorite line from um, Possession. We are uh, bolding for now Satoshi Kone. As film dire- best director at the trial on in twenty, somebody keeps highlighting them before I can get there. Thank you so much. I appreciate this very punctual uh, uh, record keeping. Uh, I have to pass to Harry uh, to introduce now the final segment of our show. But uh, help me ring in uh, the next uh, category, Harry. And I think that you're going to be joining me on oh, of this course. Uh, particular category. It is the category, the best category, I think, of the night. If we can be honest, it is the category that we like to call <gasps> Best Cody's, Cody's oh, Noties. Oh, Jason, shit. you oh, no. fucked it up. Uh, the one chance for our man Cody to shine, and you just. Let's do it again. You we'll muck it all up. No, you don't need it. It happened. It happened. We're going to pretend like it didn't happen. We're all going to know it. my inhale. Inhale. Ready? Are you ready for the inhale? It's a shame. Best, Best Cody's, Cody's noties. Okay, they hit a nice note at the end there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I am going to bat for the Oops All Noties yeah. episode. That was the t- time to spread the love of Cody's noties for the first time. That It's not just one of us takes t- the mantle when he's not there. It wasn't Dan's detour, which what a great bit uh, on Dan's episode. Um, I was going to maybe go for Dan's detour. As the best bit, just because I think Cody's too That's not a Cody's his... noty. No, he's too big note. for his fucking britches. He gets his own <laughs> category. <laughs> We're going to give it to Dan is, this Cody time, point, baby. Point, pointedly uncomfortable, and I am going to lean into it and say that my favorite episode 
uh, my favorite Cody's Noti was the one where we all got to do Noties. Essentially, uh, episode two hundred. Go check it out. Oops episode two hundred. It is next next to well, it's very very uh, 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 very approachable. I guess it's not very like it is very fun. Harry went through the transcripts of most of these episodes of a lot of episodes, pulled quotes, and we were expected to name what episode it was from. I went into the show description and pulled descriptions of movies, back of the box type trivia. Uh, uh, Cody went back into our letterbox ratings and quizzed us on who and what movies counted as far as like uh, which ones got four and a half or more stars from from each of us. And Aaron made up an alternate did universe. The fuck I did an alternate, <laughs> an alternate universe where certain movies had gotten had been become had like actually been created and series had been been written, and we were uh, expected to perform uh, and and guess trivia about those things, whether or not they were true, what like who was attached to them. It was a ton of fun. It was. As uh, Aaron said on Twitter, we realized it was the only thing we actually liked doing uh, about this podcast. And so we just distilled it into one hour and 10 minute episode or so. It was a lot of fun. It was a chance to get Cody's Noties on a larger scale. Uh, and Cody got to still do a Cody's Noties segment uh, out of it. It wasn't like we dethroned him. It wasn't like we were changing things. Yeah. Not We didn't change the format. We just all partook. And it was the first, I can't believe it's the first time we had the idea to do that. Uh, it was a wonderful way yeah. to celebrate 200 episodes. And that is what I'm going for, for my favorite Cody's note. I, I will kind of make two marks against it. One, oops, oops, all noties, but not oops, all Cody's. I want an oops, all, mm. I want an hour long of Cody just giving his noties. That, that would, that would, that's the that one. That does but sound great. Yeah, that, look, you're right. We, we can only work towards that world. We can never achieve it. You know, that is a goal. Maybe for our great, great, great grandchildren, you know, not in our lifetimes can we have an Oops All Cody's episode. Um, I, I like that episode a lot. That was maybe my most like fun episode to record on. But like, you know, Cody was a fourth of that instead of all these other episodes I listed that I'm going to read off in a second. We got the full Cody's noties going on there, you know, um, that being said, maybe I'll, I'll still go over that later. But uh, there were a bunch that I liked this year. Uh I will give a general shout out. I guess this probably doesn't count, but a general shout out to all the Trilove feud uh, examples this year. That's always uh, that's always like one of my favorites, uh, largely because I, I somehow often win it despite knowing the least about films and watching the least films of anybody here. Uh, I love doing Trilove feud every time Cody's like, "Ooh, it's Trilove feud." I'm like, "Let's fucking go!" I mean, let's have have a quiz off. Uh, really enjoy it. Uh, there were some other ones, however, that really tickled my fancy this year. A lot of them because they were kind of humorously named. Uh, Dear Love, Dear Trivia uh, for the Bambi episode. Uh, I believe I said it should have been Try Dear, but Dear Love is still pretty good. Uh, <laughs> you can't go wrong either way. Uh, How to Train Your Try Love, which was a movie dragon trivia uh, bit that we did, was similarly very, very good. That was from the last dragon episode. Uh, Getting Cagey was the Nick Cage trivia uh, for the Con Air episode. Absolutely love that one. I may, I may have lost that one, uh, but that's fine. Uh, and then lastly, I think maybe it's either this or Dear Love for, for Best Name of the Year was Godzilla or Notzilla. Uh, that was trivia. And this is actually maybe my favorite uh, tagline trivia for films. So film like it's like movie poster tagline uh, uh, trivia. I know I lost this one, but that was for the Terror of Mecha Godzilla episode. Really, really loved that one. Uh, that being said, though... Uh, I love every Cody's Noty. It's the best part of the podcast. Yeah, they're so all the winners. Whatever wins, we all win as well. You know? 
unequivocally the best part of the podcast is Cody's no noise. I think that the best thing I ever did was visiting uh, Cody three times like Juge Leong from Romance of the Three Kingdoms because he was so hesitant to join the podcast at first. I had to be like, hey, Cody, I'm I'm creating a podcast about movies and you know more about movies than everybody i know i would love for you to be on and he said oh i don't know about that and i had to keep coming back to him like liu bay from the shu dynasty i had to be like cody this is still happening i really want you to be on this podcast i really want you to be on this podcast and finally he joined us for the yojimbo podcast which is legendary because he had such great insights into that podcast so um, looking back, I think that I can take at least 10% credit for the Cody's Noties, which is, <laughs> of course, the best part of the podcast. Down like, the nobody, line, I mean, you're set for life financially. Nobody's arguing yeah. that, but I, I do get at least 10% royalties. Um, uh, Aaron mentioned some of my favorites. Godzilla or Notzilla is my favorite. Um, also, the uh, very recent, and I hope this isn't recency bias, but the... Sullivan's Travels podcast had a segment that I very, very much enjoyed um, on that one. And also, I mean, Oops All Noties, really a classic. I really loved doing that with everybody. I really loved hearing everybody's um, attempts to sort of like emulate the king. It only sort of go goes to show how uh, how prepared Cody is for every episode and how he really brings his all to the Cody's Noties because um, we have such a great time with Cody's Noties every episode. I think everybody knows it's the best part of the podcast, which is why we dedicated our um, 200th episode to it. But yeah, I think it would be one of those, right? It would be the Sullivan's Travels episode. It would be Godzilla or Notzilla, or it would be episode 200, uh, Oops All Noties. What do you got to say about that, Aaron? Do we... Do we... Do we want to do what I think is the cowardly yet populist choice of the Oops All Noties? I'm fine with that. I, uh, I'm a little bit all right with that just because it's like maybe this motherfucker's getting a little bit too big for his britches, you know? <laughs> I, Cody, I think your britches are It's are like class, I think your, your classic, still fit. You don't need new Classically arrogant Cody. You know what I mean? It's like he is oh, yeah. such a showboat. He's like he's so clearly the most like – ostentatious of any of us sure. really yeah. if he we talks get, the most if we get popular he is the most show off jim selfies non-stop <laughs> you know it's like if anybody needs to be brought down a peg or two or three it's cody who is constantly showing off about his massive accomplishments um we could so do, maybe we could do maybe we need oops all noties just to sort of like also humble him a little the, bit. The segment he did during that episode was the only one that I won trivia wise. Yeah, so, fuck uh, you. I, that was the best of the four, so we can still say it's the best part of that. It podcast. was maybe also the best part of the podcast, even yes. when we had we were all competing in yes. like the noties category. It was still oh, we Cody. were all we were all pretenders to the throne. I didn't make it mean make it sound like we were all able to equally right. share that crown, but it was a ton of fun, and it reminded me as every episode of or excuse me iteration of Cody's noties does how much damn fun it is to just think about that sh- think about trivia think about the the games oh, yeah. of it all the last the Sullivan's, unequivocally the, Sullivan's the MVP tra- right Sullivan's travel episode riding the bus what a fucking idea what a fucking right. idea you just think differently about this shit and you got me thinking differently about it too in 
episode 200. Oops, all noties. Uh, never again will we have uh, such a monumental uh, piece as that episode. Uh, and it, it allowed us all to share a little bit of that crown. Uh, not take it, but share it. And that is why I think, if everybody's okay with it, I have already bolded and highlighted that yes. row in our document. The best Cody's noty goes to the entire episode of uh, Oops, All Noties, episode 200. Go back and listen to it. It's a Just lot Just because, fun. you know, you got to keep him hungry. You know, you got to keep him striving. That's he's the gonna, only he's way gonna we do can better, guarantee better with, that without, without we, the challenge. we continue to get the best the Cody's noties. The more you poke him, the stronger he gets. Exactly. Ouch. It's poke like him. if if we give it to him now, he's going to get complacent. You know, he's going to mm. start to sort of like you think ride he's going to uh, He's going to rest on his laurels. Cody, you know, I know you down. understand that as a Greek, Jason. Uh, he's going to rest on Crash his laurels. Crash a few economies. We've, Maybe we've never done that. We've never done that. We've never done that. All that happened was that the Romans uh, copied our statues in marble and they just lasted longer. I mean, that's the only reason. Uh, but we do have fucking Romans. Fuck fucking them, dude. Romans. We had the brains. They had the drains. That's what my mom used to say. We have little freak of the year is our next category for the Trilon <laughs> yes. golden berries. You're not allowed to introduce it, sir. How dare you? Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, my big head. My head. Uh, I'm you up for, oh, no. yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, this is Aaron's my doing. category, sir. After uh, I swapped it with Cody for a different one. Uh, yes, we're, it's the little freak of the year, folks. You may have, you may have, uh, uh, maybe you've been paying attention. Maybe you haven't, but we have determined that this year, 2022, is the year of the little freak. Uh, the year of just the uh, real, real nasty bastard you know just the 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 little guy who's just maybe sniveling maybe he's just a little gross maybe he's creepy kind of pervy maybe he just is just really into one thing a whole lot you know uh little freak kind of broadly defined uh but this was the year of the little freak we have 10 nominees as this is of course one of the most important ways we can celebrate film uh the 10 nominees for little freak of the year are as follows uh a friend i believe uh is an arnold friend yes Arnold Friend from Smooth Talk, uh, Harry Call from The Conversation, Oscar Shapley, uh, the weird little pervert, uh, married pervert from The Bus from It Happened One Night, Pedro from Arabato, uh, is it Purif? Purif? Uh, from Purificazione. El, from Il Dominio, uh, which is, uh, should be said, uh, little freaks are kind of, uh, unfortunately, due to the nature of the world, balanced towards uh, men. Uh, rare uh, uh, female little freak representation, of course, matters. Hashtag representation matters. Uh, the entire cast of the movie Mad God, and I'm going to add in uh, also the director of Mad God, Phil Tippett. Uh, and then in in little uh, scare quotes here, uh, but also that freak uh, under the toilets eating all of the shit and piss. Uh, the Fool from Ron. I have a name. You're the Fool? Or are eating, you the guy eating the, the shit and piss? Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tom Ripley from Purple Noon. Waldo Lidecker from Laura. And Winslow from Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, Jason, I saw your hand up first. Little little freak, what are you, what are you coming it's out swinging with? It's shapely with a bullet. It's shapely with a no. bullet. No, 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 no <laughs> cap. No, no second. I, it is unassailable. Like, there is a certain mischief to the little freak IMO. There's a certain, uh, like, affability to them, I believe. I think the, the topic came up when we were talking about some of those um, uh, Romare movies. Uh, and how this guy's a little freak. And we were positioning some of these characters who were just maybe a little bit too in love, a little bit too infatuated as little freaks. They were expressing it through sniffing each other's clothes and shit. There is a certain, like, maybe not 
incredible danger or terror to a little freak for me. Uh, and Arnold friend presents danger an incredible amount of danger. Almost every character in this, in this is either deleteriously creepy or like hazardous to somebody else's health. Creepy except Oscar Shapley. He is like, he is a threat to the plot, but it's a pretty loose threat. He's going to give them up. Uh, he is, um, he is a, 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 a lecherous. He's lascivious, uh, but only to a point once he finds out that the, that the woman has quote unquote, a husband. Uh, I believe that he is, he is the uh, platonic ideal of a little freak. Um, I, it will be hard to move me from this pedestal from the Shapley from team Shapley, but I invite both of you to try. I'm not sure whose hand was up first. See, this is exactly why I think that Shapley should be disqualified is because categorically Shapley is not a little freak precisely because he has limits. It's Mm. like when he learns that that the object of his little freakiness is married, when he learns that – you know what I mean? It's like he is in the, at the end of the day a married man. He is just looking to score. He's an opportunist. This is that's a shallow part of his personality. But at the end the end of the day, the little freak is somebody who cannot help but be a little freak. The little freak is somebody who is undermined by his little freakiness. Uh, Shapely is, if anything, only helped by his little freakiness. He knows that he has a normal life that he can default back upon. What I'm saying is that the, the true metric of a little freak is somebody who cannot help but not fit in with society, with the norms that have been established by heteronormativity. And that is why somebody like Harry Call or Pedro or the entire cast of Mad God, or even <laughs> Tom Ripley, or even Winslow, would be a better choice for Little Freak of the Year than Oscar Shapley. I, I will I will disagree uh, with your characterization there, Harry. I will say that uh, Shapley is like a top five, maybe even top three Little Freak for me. Uh, I don't think he can win because of the pure staggering freakiness of the competition on display here. Um, Shapely is like a great classic, like black and white comedy little freak. He is fast talking, but in like the worst kind, not in like a good kind of way. He just continues to talk and fast, right? Uh, he is hitting on this woman. He is, I, you know, I think that there is something little freakiness about the fact that he literally just does not stop until another man comes in. And the minute he realizes he is in danger, he kind of like shirks back. There's something kind of little freakiness about that. Maybe a little bit more little than freak, right? And I don't mean physical stature. I mean his character. He is a, he is a little person from a character standpoint. Of course, of um, course. Yes. Uh, and I think Shapley, I mean, he pretty much only stops doing what he's doing when he's threatened, uh, like with his life, right? Uh, by the main character of the film. I think Shapley is a great little freak. I think he's a classic, like antagonistic, like uh, black and white comedy film uh, person and character. Uh, I think he's like up there for me, but like, I'm just going to say it. Look, there's a guy eating shit and piss under a giant funnel. I mean, just eating just Taco Bell, just Grande, just going right into his gullet. I don't know how we could talk about anything else here, man. I mean, that that is the littlest freak I've ever seen in my entire life. That's like the little freak Olympics right there. He's getting gold, all categories. Cody? True. Uh, yeah, uh, I was going to make the same joke Jason did uh, a few moments ago and say, I didn't know I was on this list. 
<laughs> guzzling Taco Bell. Um, I, in order to in order for us to make some headway, I I vote we approach this similarly to how we approach. Um, I think we approached the the sort of one off category last year. Um, and how we always approach best picture and just start. Um, in some fashion, eliminating ones that are just like for sure, like you know, let's chip away at this iceberg. Ones not going to make that, it. Yeah. Ones that aren't going to make it. Don't I do want to. Yeah, I, I echo um, Jason's sentiment about the the sort of threatening flavor is not one that I yeah. have classically. I agree. Uh, I agree. Associated with yeah with with the the little. It's freak not ambiance. the year of the predator. It's the year of the little freak. Right. If it was the year of the predator, a friend would win. No question. Absolutely. Right. I, I say we cross them off. Yeah. Yeah. Little freaks are something that you can kind of flick away. Um, and, but, you know, when they come back, they're not going to sting you in the way that, that a friend doesn't. So that, that my movement, um, or yeah, my proposed movement would be to, We're to lock agreement. off, um, yeah, the, the smooth talk candidate. Um, and if I could also offer up Tom Ripley from Purple Noon, um, because he yeah. kills somebody. Uh, and it's pretty movie. dangerous. You are um, right. An otherwise, very like great classic example of little freak. But if we're looking to, to split hairs, I, you I think, think he's, he's just... too threatening to be a little freak. Yeah, specifically, I agree. Yeah, I think in, I in agree with that. He, yep. al- he also like uh, uh, not that not that these people are not freaks in a manner, but he also kind of like red pills himself uh, and kind of becomes like a very gross, idealized for him version of who yeah. he should be, and does it successfully mm-hmm. and like. That is creepy and sociopathic, but is it little freaky? He starts out the film as a little freak, but does he end the film as a little freak? I don't. A very good point. He sort of becomes he he alphas himself. He chads himself up. Yes. Yeah. He chisels his chin a little bit. You know. He just becomes Barry Keegan and ends as Will Poulter. Hey, he just becomes becomes evil. Yeah, he goes from little freakiness to evil. Do we have Do we have enough of a conversation under our belts to to vote proper, or do we do we say like show of hands? I would would cross off like two or three more. Can I say the fool from Ron is is he's a little freak, but he's not he's not top five little freak is he compared to this list? He's too coherent. He because he's the real truth teller in that film. Right. The fool in Shakespeare is the one who knows it all. Can't be a little right. freak. Get him out of there. No, I agree with that. Let's get yeah. rid of him. Yeah. Is everybody is anybody voting for the fool? Then I say I'm not voting for the fool. I vote to kill the fool. Here's my here's my argument to be against Mad God is that in Mad God, all of those creatures, including the creature who may be um digesting the bile and the excrement of all of the other creatures, they they may have evolved that way. That may be what they were meant to do. I don't know that that was something that is truly little freaky to them because it's Harry. not necessarily freaky to them. It Harry, might be told. Hey, Come on. hey, listen. It's it little might... freaks are never freaky to themselves. No, no, no. Of course uh, they are. No, no, no. no. Of course no, they absolutely. are. Absolutely. That, that, that guy. Is, that eating... is essential. <laughs> no, listen to me. The little freak. It is essential to the little freak that they are freaky to themselves. That they no, know. I don't agree. Don't agree. No, don't they agree. know I disagree. on I disagree. some level that they are a little freaking. I why... disagree completely. I don't agree with what you're saying. And I will no, make the I... point that that mad, the guy in Mad God, look, all these other people, you're talking about character traits, right? If you talk about Harry Call, if you're talking about Pedro, if you're yes, talking about Lydecker. Harry Call, man. Right. That is a little freak. He Absolutely. right, and he that is he is he's a he's a little freak, but he's a little freak who has a. Uh, uh, his entire being, 
he would have to he would have to turn around that entire ship in order to stop being a little freak. That That's guy right. under the toilet in Mad God just needs to close his mouth. No, easy thing not. to do. No, we could all do it. Not. All you got to do is close that mouth. You're still getting covered in it, but you don't have to eat it. Here's you the don't thing. have to consume. Here's it. the thing. He it was invented. Point. No, he was no. invented. You he don't was know that. Created to that. eat that shit. You don't know that. I'm sorry, That's all know. he is. You don't. You don't know that. He I'm doesn't sorry. know. He's he's there, purposely opening that. his mouth. He's sticking his tongue up there. there he's getting nothing, every last little morsel. He's loving it. He's the biggest little freak of the year. About that guy. There's if you saw that person in real life, you would flee. You would I, flee. I, okay. I mean, not if I And you'd say, why didn't he stop thing? doing that? Listen to me. Listen to me. No. I mean, that's like a mushroom, right? Mushrooms exist to no. eat excrement. No. They are an important part no, of an ecosystem. There's not a humanoid. But, like, I, if, I would, no. I would no. never call a mushroom Dogs a do it, freak. and it's their worst trait. It's the most disgusting thing. You, you, you pat would, them on the head, and you no. say, stop doing that. Stop licking that right now. I wouldn't call it freaky. I think what Harry called us is freaky. Mad God. I'm not oh, even talking about all the other guys doesn't. in Mad God. Oh, that are I, just I, think, down my, I think it's time to uh, move, to move on. I, I do think we've reached the Barry's Eclipse point. What do you, of, what do you got, Aaron, or, uh, Jason? Let's let's tiebreak. If I shit. if I if I knew the Mad God Shade Eater a little bit more, if I saw him in another context, if I could follow him home, if I could like see him in a day's work, he I doesn't might have get another context. Idea. He's chained there. He loves it. He doesn't do anything else with his day. I, He's fully devoted. I'm, I'm voting. I'm voting Shapely. That's my last word. Cody. Oh, I was going to propose a, a top three. Um, okay, oh, yeah, okay. But I, 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 can, I can vote for one if we want to go straight, straight for the jugular. My, my top three. Um, I was gonna go the uh, all in no particular order, other than what's in the doc here. Um, Harry Call from the conversation, Oscar Shapley from It Happened One Night, and we can say the the toilet freak from from Mad God. That's my top three right now. Is it that, sounds like we just we both we of us go with wait, the toilet freak wait, wait, and then we're wait. good. In what order, though, Cody? That like order. I said, that, that's top three to- in, to- in order. Of toilet both freak are is one. On yeah. No, here here's the thing: is that for me, a little freak is a little freak in his context. He is a little freak in the sense that um, whatever is established as normal in his context. He is outside of that. He is freaky within that context. And that, for me, is Harry Call. Um, The entire cast of Mad God, within their context, they are part of an ecosystem, including the little freak who eats the the garbage at the bottom of the um, the whatever you call it. He eats excrement. Of course he does. And yes, that is freaky by our standards. But is it freaky by his standards? That is the question that I Harry would pose. Call, Harry Call is not a little freak, as that character only works because he is a white man. He is representative of a white male government, uh, wiretapping Ridiculous. police state, Ridiculous. representative of a, a zeitgeist, a political moment in the time in the 20th century in America. He is emblematic of uh, that time period. He is not an aberration, as you are portraying him. Uh, cannot be a little freak. Uh, I think we get him off. Uh, listen, you know, don't listen to his many. Absolutely, but get him not. off the list. No, Look, I mean, everybody done... is Facebook a little freak because they keep your text messages. No, that's just Facebook. They're evil, you know, but they're not freaks. Harry He's Call isn't a freak. Listen, Harry Call gets Mark Zuckerberg is hired not by Harry political Call. campaigns in order to listen into people. He's not a little freak. Get him. I out think of it's. There. I think it's up to get Jason or Cody Shapely, at this point. Shapely stands alone. That toilet eater. Cody, he, just him. You didn't even Cody. see another guy like that. It's either the toilet eater or a Terry Call, it sounds like. What do we think? 
Uh, no, hmm. or Shapely. Or sh- here's the thing: Shapely's my at this point probably number two. Ridiculous. So interesting. Do I want to make Shape- a bargain? No, Shapely, I mean Shapely is like a lowly opportunist. I he is just very looking little freaky. score. No, no, that's not a little. Then freak. join me in Mad God, Harry. Those are the choices is, you have. A little freak is somebody who can't help but be a little freak. Oscar Shapley is just looking to get more than he has. That's, That's not a little freak. I've met guys no. like Oscar Shapley at bars, and they're little freaks, and everybody's like, no, that guy's a fucking not. freak. Oh, no, I, I've no, met no, no, so no. many people like that. Like, oh, it just wouldn't stop hitting. Freak. Little freak. Absolutely. Uh, but number two, little freak. If Oscar Shapley also was licking the toilets in the bathroom, he's leaving <laughs> a bigger little freak. What can I say? That was actually a deleted scene on that the never happened. It was. There was a very weird scene in Mad God. <laughs> and they're like, we spent four years making this deleted scene. I don't know why we did that. We we're not even using it. Yeah. Um I I will cast my vote for Mad God. I cast my vote for Mad, Mad God. God. I think you, I think you took I don't it. Know why I felt so triumphant about that. You Thank guys you. are morons. I, I rolled you guys up are with absolute notes. Absolute idiots. I had the a entire. Lot, a lot you don't understand what down. a little you, freak is. You don't even but that's need okay. to bold it. I'll bold it for you, but somebody else needs to move the. Uh, I'm not that good in spreadsheets. And then I'll and then I'll I'll, I'll actually uh, I will move it. Uh, before that, I will move it on to the next category uh, because the, the night is young. Uh, King, oh sorry, uh, who knows what it is? But Cody is going to introduce it and the nominees. <laughs> Cody, please take it away. No, for sure, I, I will take that as you calling me a king. And funnily <laughs> enough, hey, fun coincidence, oh, hey. Aaron. That's actually the next category we got lined up here. We're getting into. Um, well, I guess we already sort of hit the heavy hitters with Little Freak of the Year, um, and continuing with that. Movement. Uh, we've got another heavy hitter category in the form of King of the Trilon. Um, it's uh, probably doesn't need a lot of prefacing um, because, uh, well, you know what it is. And also, the night is not as young as, as Aaron purports it to be. So we'll just move along to the nominees. The nominees for the 2022 King of the Trilon are as follows We've got Nicolas Cage from such episodes as Mandy, Drive Angry. Raising Arizona, Bringing Out the Dead, and Moonstruck. We've got uh, former Little Freak nominee Alain Delon from Purple Noon. We've got Gene Hackman, also former Little Freak nominee, uh, for his role in The Conversation. We've got Tatsuya Nakadai from Kagemusha and Ron. And our fifth nominee is Sam Neill from Possession. Uh, Those are our nominees for King of the Trilon 2022. Where do we want to start with this, gentlemen? Uh, I think we start straight straight votes. I think we just go from there. Like, <laughs> do we know what's happening here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like we vote. Do we know what's going oh, this on? Isn't one of the, this, this isn't one of the rigged ones. So, no, no, I know. But like, looking at this list, do we know what's happening here? Do you, do I see the path forward? Sort of. I yes. think I see the path forward. I think I see Unless the path forward. Is the path shakeouts. forward Sam Neil of possession? No. What are you joking? Uh, is this is the path forward Tatsuya Nakadai of Kagemusha and Ran? Okay, you're fucking with me at this Here's point. Here's the path forward, Gene Hackman of the conversation. <laughs> one more? You got one more to go, man. Might is, as well, is, is, the, uh, is the uh, is is the path forward uh, paved in in Alan in Alain Dillon from uh, Purple Noon? Yeah, the adaptation it's, of it's, Patricia uh, Highsmith's paved novel, in The Talented Mr. It is paved, Obviously it's paved in the golden god blood of Nicolas Cage, uh, Nicholas Coppola himself, uh, Nicholas Ford Coppola himself, uh, of Mandy, Drive Angry, Raising Arizona, Bringing Out the Dead, and Moonstruck, and more as part of the Nick Cage Does anyone disagree? Like, not to 
the, I guess we could talk about the other ones, but yeah, not in any meaningful way. Here. Like, like there are performances I probably enjoyed more, but as far as like this is this was uh, it, it hardly needs explaining. This is just like this is emblematic of why you go to the movies. This is emblematic of why you go to the trial and to learn more about movies, to see movies I haven't seen or heard of. Uh, that it really does. It's a it's a ringer for me. Do we do we need a voting round? Do, I mean, I, I feel like we might be paying short shrift to some of these other people, but we're also two hours yeah. into our cups. I will, I will say uh, Nakadai, uh, I don't think he's ever been nominated before, but he's always been like the sixth person who we've had to, to cut no, for nomination. No, he, he mm. definitely has been nominated against fucking Toshiro Meifune. Maybe the which first is maybe year, maybe the but only way that he could ever lose is I'm against not, Toshiro I'm not Meifune. It. I went back and I looked. I'm just going to say I didn't see uh, it. Maybe Shimura was nominated against uh, Toshiro Meifune once upon a time. I think Nakadai has always been like sixth, and it's always been like, which of these people from these always great the Kurosawa films? Bride. I know, right? Well, uh, listen, very sorry to Tetsuya Nakadai that we never went to the uh, Human Condition series. Yes. We are too lazy to go to 10-hour movies, but well, if we me. had, talk, maybe talk to me we next month, but, um, but listen, yes. Tetsuya Nakadai, one of the greatest actors who ever lived, yeah. uh, maybe just uniquely suited never to be the king of the trial. <laughs> one day. Uh, I will say that uh, I think Hackman put in... At least for me, the best performance from a from a man, at least uh, this year, uh, maybe not overall, but best performance from uh, from a fella. It's a shame he didn't have more films. I think it's a shame. Uh, Delon, Nakadai, uh, Sam Neill. I think that they all like you toss in a few more films. Maybe we're getting into some sort of a fight here. But there were like forty five Nick Cage films, and uh, they're mostly great. And, and performances. All, all all of them were great performances. Like not all of them were great movies. Looking at you leaving Las Vegas, but all of them were great performances. And that is that's king material for me for consistency, for adaptability, for breadth, uh, for like a structure. Like I think I think a king is made in whether or not he was in a series and this was a series all about him. It wasn't thematically tied. It wasn't director tied. It was him that justified a series of the trial. And that's, that's King shit to me. Um, no pun intended. Uh, I, Oh wow. Look at that folks. I turned my head just 30 degrees to the right. And I already noticed that it is not only bolded, Ooh. but also highlighted in this spreadsheet, which I think that, I think I might seal it. Do you want to, you want to give it Cody? You want to, you want to call it for us? Sure. I, I will, I will give uh, Nicholas Cage away. This is the holy union between him and the King of the Trilon trophy for the year in our year in our Lord, the year of our Lord, Ooh. 2022. Congratulations, Nicholas Cage, King of the Trilon. Very well deserved. Thank you for anchoring our summer slate. Um, and you will, we'll see what, uh, we'll see what you have in store for us with your future works and, I don't know. Maybe maybe there will be another slate in his future. He's got so many fucking movies he's in that they could build themes around. Um, but enough about him. Uh, we've we've got to move on to uh, another category that I believe Harry um, has the honor of presenting. Harry, look, I don't want to uh, undermine my man Nicholas Cage. Truly, a great a great king, a great actor, um, somebody with a storied career in in Hollywood. I would just like to note that like my the the category that I'm given to um introduce this time around not the category that I want to introduce certainly I love Nicolas Cage as much as the next guy but the category I'm given obligated to introduce is actual king of the trilon which is a new category that we are introducing just for this guy, just for this king. You already know who it is. It's Godzilla. 
Godzilla is the actual king of the Trilon. <laughs> how how could it be anybody else? It's gotta be him. It's gotta be the king of all monsters, Godzilla. Godzilla is our actual king of the Trilon with much love to Nicholas Cage. Godzilla, the actual king of the Trilon, 2022. We gotta give it to this him. This is very dumb. We do, we're dumb. We're dumb people. That's it. But yes. No, I got it. That's it. That's it. There's no discussion. There's no That's discussing it. who is the actual. It's not like of the meat, Trilon. you know, where we it's fight Godzilla. for hours. Yeah, it's Godzilla. Exactly. It's got to be Godzilla, the king of the monsters, the king of the Trilon 2022. Congratulations to the man himself, to the dinosaur himself, to the monster himself. It's Godzilla. Congratulations. And now I'm handing it over to whoever's next. I'm going to scroll over so I can see. It is Jason. Jason, who is the next category? The next category is going to the Queen of the Trilon, uh, a perfect uh, mirror image uh, in all but name to oh, the so king it's Mothra. of it uh of to the king of the Trilon, uh, not oh, the actual king that. but the king, the 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 once and future king of the Trilon. Uh our uh, by by roughly the same criteria, uh, we have number of uh, great, wonderful, inimitable nominees for this for the Queen of the Trilon 2022. Starting with Isabella Johnny of Possession and The Driver, uh, of which we covered one of those movies. I guess I'll just cover the ones that are listed in the, uh, the document. Uh, we have Cher. I, I kind of yeah. I called an yeah. audible and removed the the Driver. They showed the Driver at the Trilon, but Possession and I it think was is, good. Is what she's nominated for. Yeah, yeah. and listen, yeah. the Driver's a great movie, but we record. we can't count it. To be stricken from the record. To be uh, we fair have, to the other Sh- nominees. We have Cher of Moonstruck. We have Laura Dern of Smooth Talk. We have Catherine Hepburn of The Philadelphia Story. And we have Fakri Korvash uh, from Chess of The Wind. Uh, I I mean, we've joked way too much about this yeah, man. Be- being the one. It's got to yeah, be man. a Johnny for me. Like, who? Wh- you don't put her on screen and don't expect her to get this kind of an award. You know, like, it, it, she's been the buzz of Minneapolis for the last 12 months ever since possession uh the end of 20 or the beginning of 2022 uh new year's day it was a new leaf for the trilon it was a new queen uh basically everything between then and now has just been the interregnum just like waiting to crown her so this is this is my official uh vote cast for isabella johnny with much love and respect to every other nominee um all of whom put in incredible performances uh and i don't know how you could do it any better unless you're isabella johnny which she is and she uh earns it for me um do we have uh, uh, discussion in in that I see that it's not a rigged category. So if anybody has a counterpoint, I, I will say that uh, I think there are other people on this list that are kind of maybe generally in the discussion for uh, you know queen of whatever. Uh, but in regard to this year in film at the Trilon, uh, you know, look, I mean Laura Dern, one of the greatest actors of all time. Period. Same with Catherine Hepburn. Uh, Fakri Korvash was like an amazing performance, I think, in Chess of the Wind, like, again, a, a little known film or an unknown film due to the history behind it that like kind of took the, you know, film community by storm in the same way that uh, Possession did. Cher is Cher. She's a queen for like 19 different reasons, uh, including Moonstruck, including music, including Twitter antics. Uh, but yeah, uh, Isabel uh, Johnny is uh, she's got to be her for Queen of the Trilon. What can you say? You can say Isabella Johnny uh, for Queen You can say that. I will say that as well. Um, I guess my quick roundtable. Um, uh, props to all the nominees. Uh, Fakri Korvash being the 
vessel through which we uh, experience chess of the wind is um i i guess that's that's a role that i've come to uh respect a whole lot more the more that i time that i've had to digest that movie um and i'm looking really looking forward to revisiting that movie and rewatching her performance um just watched smooth talk yesterday uh because it is one of the few uh, films that we recorded on that I hadn't seen yet from this year. I think I've got one or two more floating out oh, there. Oh, Jesus, um, you subjected yourself to that? It's 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 quite a movie. Um, a Friend is quite a character. Uh, and Laura Dern does give quite a performance. Um, I think her nomination is, is well-earned, um, as is the case with Catherine Hepburn, who is... Uh, I've used the term fulcrum like too, too many times during this episode, but her being the um, kind of the fulcrum for a lot of the competing, uh, like from her male counterparts in this movie, like all of, all of those presences bouncing off of her and her like facilitating this, uh, I don't know, the, the bizarre and manic energy of that movie is like worthy of. Um, I don't know, like lofty praise. Um, just unfortunately not praise that we're going to give her, uh, quite to the fullest extent in this category. Share is share. Um, she gives, uh, one of the great performances ever in Moonstruck. But as I said up top, is what Isabella Johnny did in possession, I feel like is one of the best, if not like the greatest performance that I've ever seen from anybody in, uh, in a movie. Um, my understanding is that this performance like really uh, fucks her up. Uh, not yet. Uh, I, I really should. Yeah, you should watch I'm, uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah continue. Uh, we're bringing a man into the discourse for queen Ooh. of the Trilon. Come on. I, no. Yes. Continue. Uh, I, I would love to watch, um, training day someday. Um, that will be my training days. The day that I finally watch that, uh, Isabella Johnny is, is the pick here. Um, the, for me, it's not even close. Listen, um, I'm playing politics here because I know we've got one more category to follow after this, and I really want to maximize the effect that I have on that. I would just say in the immortal words of one of the greatest directors of all time, David Lynch, for your consideration, Laura Dern, I would say that the final scene of Smooth Talk is as demanding, if not more demanding, as any of the scenes in possession. possession that subway scene? The subway very, hallway scene? That's right. I Yes, exactly. Okay, I mean, right. listen, listen to me. I disagree, but I... Okay. Possession, a very big performance, certainly. A very uh, huge performance, certainly. A performance meant to sort of um, demonstrate the powers of the actor, certainly. But maybe a little bit too big a performance? Uh, who can say? Uh, whereas... The the subtleties of the Laura Dern performance in Smooth Talk, the number of different emotional nuances that she was meant to portray during that final scene when she is being seduced slash preyed upon by a friend. Unbelievable. The nuance and the um the the fullness of that performance something that very few actors have ever been called upon to do and that Laura Dern has been called upon to do many times in her career and that she has always nailed a nuance that is almost unprecedented in queenly terms and a nuance in which I (laughs) I would argue requires consideration 
in this the category of queen of the trilon 2022 what do you think aaron well so D- david lynch uh did that big kind of marketing campaign for inland empire uh one of my favorite movies Laura Dern's up there with her best performances, certainly Uh, did that had a cow outside of like the Academy. And it was just like kind of like a weird, surreal thing for your consideration. Laura Dern, Uh, Laura Dern did not get nominated for uh, best actress, unfortunately, and she's not going to win this one either. Uh, Sorry, Laura, Uh, big fan of your work. Your number two for me here. Uh, But there is a number one that, uh, I, I think it's got to take it and it's at Johnny. Although I do that, that final scene in smooth talk is really quite excellent. It is. And I do get it. And I'm willing to even wait it a little bit, given how young Dern was during the record, uh, the filming of that. Uh, Dude, I'm just saying that it gets Jason, it closer, but it doesn't, it doesn't get it there for me. Uh, Johnny, Jason, I, I could not believe what I was seeing during that film, watching that before. I was like, yeah, this is like one big. of the most amazing. Now, yeah, it's yeah I know. There's a lot of yelling. There's like there's slime. There's vomit. That's what and goes into good acting. Is the more people over the yell top. at other actors? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's big. It's there's a lot big of acting. there's a lot of subtlety there too. I think I'm just saying that Jason and I saw the script to uh, Blue Velvet. Um, yeah. by a 17 year old Laura Dern. Laura Dern LA. is the best actor on this list. No one is doubting that. She maybe is. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe like a top five alive, but. This year at the Trilon, uh, Possession was shown, and uh, Isabel's uh, Johnny's performance in that film. As long as it doesn't get Best Picture, my man. We'll see. We'll talk we about that in a minute. We will yeah. see in a minute when we get to the next category. Um, which what are we doing I, to vote? Who, who knows, I mean, who knows yeah, for, I mean, what, what the next category is. But I think we should do a proper vote. Uh, who's, who's, who's going, uh, Johnny? Can I see uh, raise hands? Physical hands. Yeah. We have Isabella Johnny. we have three or four for Isabella Johnny in possession. Uh, Aaron, or sorry, Harry, the uh, conscientious objector uh, with the formal Laura Dern vote. I'm assuming the third best on this list. It and she gets second, and she gets second. Uh, well, then we have uh, crowned the queen of the trial on 2022 uh, with Isabella Johnny in possession. Uh, and you know what? Uh, I'm about to um, transfer possession of uh this the, the hot microphone to my friend and co-host cody uh for, to introduce our next category Ooh, ah this is hot uh thank you jason i'll try and cool down this mic a little bit before it gets hot again because we are entering our final uh discussion based category of the evening or i guess whenever you're listening to this um and I guess up top, some quick rules uh, for this category, which is uh, best picture and the nominees and correct me if, uh, let me know if there are any rules that I'm forgetting. The, uh, I guess, sort of guy, the guardrails for this category are um, as opposed to our top five films that we gave at the top of this, uh, of this episode. These are films uh, limited to ones that we actually did episodes on, uh, episodes on. So it's not necessarily anything that was shown at the trial. it is specifically restricted to those that we recorded episodes on that we discussed that we, um, you know, sh- we sweated through, we, we bled through conversations about uh, these great works of art uh, were there any, are there any other rules that I need to mention before we dig into the nominees, or is that, um, is that basically uh, it? One of the rules that we like to institute is that this can take no longer than three and a half minutes. So <laughs> the whole thing. 
the nominees for Best Picture 2022 uh, for the Golden Berries Try Love, a movie podcast, are as follows. We've got 10 nominees. Uh, we have Chess of the Wind from Mohamed Reza Aslani. We have Cleo from 5 to 7 from Anya's Varda. We've got The Conversation from Francis Ford Coppola. We have Godzilla from Ishiro Honda. We have Kage Musha from Akira Kurosawa. We have Phil Tippett's Mad God. We have Satoshi Kon's Millennium Actress. We have Norman Jewison's Moonstruck. We have Andre Zawowski's Possession. And just again, alphabetical order uh, by film title, last but not least necessarily, we have Alfred Hitchcock's Rope. I don't know why I felt the need to characterize that at the yeah, end. But know. those are the 10 nominees. <laughs> Nine out of um, 10. Then we just had, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, by the way, these are alphabetical. Um, uh, hi, We're cutting. Ten, ten, right. ten, cut, cutting films, um, if that, unless Narrowing anybody down. wants to lead with anything else. But yeah, if there are some reductions that we need to take care of. I know in the past, oh, this is something I'll throw out really quickly before opening it back up. Apologies. Um, in the past, we have undergone, you know, uh, if pairing films off, if a director has more than one film represented. That is not the case this year. So that is... Um, a fun thing that we cannot do. We got to get creative in other ways to uh, process, uh, you know, process and eliminate titles from this list. Uh, it seems like Harry might have some ideas. So Harry, I'll kick it to you. What do you think? Dear listener, I knew that Isabel Adjani was going to win Queen of the Trial on 2022. This uh-huh. was never a consideration. In fact, one might even consider that my um, standing for Laura Dern in that instance was political to say the least. Mm-hmm. I know in like a that, Beto O'Rourke kind of way, like a that Jason Cody and Aaron all Stacey put Abrams, possession 2022 on their list for please. I'm talking now. I'm sorry, uh, Aaron, you can raise yeah, your hand if bad, you would like to say something, sure, sure. but it's, it's my turn headset. now. It's my turn. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, the less we say about it, the better make it up as we go along. Um, I would like to say that I love Possession very much. I think it's a five-star film. I love that movie as much as anybody on this podcast, I would say. I also think it is like maybe conservatively the fourth or fifth best movie on this list for Best Picture. I don't mean to come for it so hard, except for the fact that I think that I... I am maybe the only person who is going to have to be the voice of reason in this case, uh, given everybody else's personal picks. Um, I think that Chess of the Wind, Cleo from 5 to 7, The Conversation, Godzilla, and Moonstruck are all better movies than Possession. Um, But I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about that. Aaron, what have you got to say? Uh, I... I don't realistically think that is keeping going to be a in film mind, that is cut keeping this in mind, early. No, if keeping at in all, mind, maybe. And I think keeping that in mind that Aaron has not seen practical. Moonstruck and yeah, therefore yeah, has but, maybe been disqualified from this entire conversation. Uh, so maybe, I would like to maybe you don't get the chance to say anything else for the rest of this conversation. Aaron, I would like to do offer up Rope as a film that I really love. I think it's one of Hitchcock's best. Oh, I think that is a it, more realistic film to cut first 
first based oh, on this list. This is this is merely sacrificial lamb. This is politics. Consensus favorite. The only uh, reason Aaron can considered rope in the first place is to offer it up as this hmm. sacrificial lamb to win political points for the from the rest of you. Please yeah. keep that in mind as you continue con- to consider the rest of the nine nominees. Well, I mean, look, consider, consider, you know, if, if you're playing politics, you know, look, uh, uh, Barack Obama, 2008, he didn't start winning them all. Right. Okay. He had to take some L's in order to win later on. So we're just going to cut some of the other films like rope. We'll get back to possession in a little bit. Don't worry about it. Well, it'll, it'll and have much its time like for Barack discussion. Obama, he perhaps should not have won in the first place in that general election, because maybe if he had think that John, wait, no, no, no. John McCain, I think that perhaps if another democratic nominee won, we wouldn't. Do you agree that rope should be cut like legitimately off like the quality of these films? What do you think is the weakest film here? And why is it the weakest film? Okay. So Cody, do you think rope's going to make maybe like top five? It's a mid Hitchcock, if anything. Oh, come on. It's good. Hitchcock. Underrated oh, I, Hitchcock. Oh, okay. Well, listen, right. but, like, but like, yeah, give me give me three Hitchcocks that it's worse than. Bro, the, uh, what do you, what? We, we've covered no, I mean, like, three Hitchcocks that it's Well, you know what I mean. Three than. well-known worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lady Vanishes. I mean, what, what do you, that's like one of the most well-known. We it's not a garden. I didn't say we covered it. Pleasure Garden we didn't is absolutely, I, I even say, well, I, I think I like Stage Fright better, but. Yeah, of course. Uh, Stage Fright is way better than Stage Rope. Stage Fright. Stage Fuck off. It's a great film. Two, uh, two, but we can cut Rope. Yeah, yeah, two quick hits. Um, I love Rope. Um, I loved the opportunity to revisit and record on it with y'all. I'm number one. I'm fine cutting Rope from this list. Uh, another quick hit, again, just in the interest of moving things along. And look, who am I other than a lowly former stats major? Every once in a while, I got to bring some some quantitative analysis into it. it's my again my gift to my curse we've been through it uh, He's all year all previous years over. Oh. you better believe it uh as far as i can tell there's only one movie that populates three of our four um top five personal oh, pictures lists um if, i won't leave it open for guesses uh, just for the purposes of moving this along it is possession that occupies the most personal top fives of Bullshit. us um, with, Ugh, you pretentious fucks just just doesn't to, mean it's gonna uh, win some, by some high level it doesn't mean it's gonna win anything um, could happen i have two of my top fives represented on this list um and they are possession and moonstruck so i will be gunning for those pretty hard um full disclosure um but if, for the purposes of on the other side eliminating uh movies it looks like ropes already crossed off um so that's um so we did that. If if I can offer up I just did, uh, a yeah. sacrificial lamb, yeah, perfect. Thank you. Um, of somebody else's. Um, I don't. I I don't know. Do we think Kagemusha is is a contender? What do we think about that one? Um, it wasn't. To, it wasn't on my slightly. top yeah. five. Um, four of my top five are represented on this list of best picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kagemusha is not among them. Oh, look at um, me! I'm Jason. I am, is. I am quite comfortable. In, <laughs> I am quite comfortable removing Kagemusha. Much as I love that movie, I think it was probably. I mean, even yeah. with my love for Dursu Ruzala, still probably the best of that series, in my opinion. Just the tautest. The, yeah, the, I the think I agree show. with that. Even at that, I think that it maybe belongs at the near the bottom of this list of contenders. Look, it's just a really stacked right. list. He's, I would say he's it can a, be kind a of a character Ruzala, right? He's going to get his laurels from us. 
Like yeah. we're never going to be accused of being underappreciative of Akira Kurosawa. I mean, Come Ron on. should have been on the top ten, but no, absolutely yeah. not. Because uh, Kagemusha and Drusen uh, Zal are both actually better. Than yeah, we can, we can keep it to the ten but, we have. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I would say I, I Kagemusha. Agree. Kagemusha cut. Yeah. Yes, great film. One of our my best. I think one of our best discussions of the year. Uh, I guess Peter Hogan's oh, that's that great Peter. Episode. Yeah, he's amazing uh, in that episode. Yeah. Great, uh, great, like use of color and like I believe it was Kurosawa's first uh, film in color. I could be wrong about that, but I believe it was. Uh, and just like way to like come out of the gate swinging with that. I mean, just absolutely, really, really incredible. Uh, but yeah, we, I, I, I think it would, you know, it would be in my like, you know six to ten uh on my personal list i think it would be hopefully in other people's too but yeah we cut it i have officially cut it from the running uh now if i can be Jason, a on, little bit do it if i if i no, if i can be contentious oh. oh can i vote for removing mad god from best picture was it really a best picture i feel like it, it has me. so it was, many elements yeah. of craft i feel like it is so special in so many ways is it best picture material in the same way that these other yeah. films are? It's it's the film that that gets all the technical awards, but none of the other awards. And then five years later, they're like, "Oh yeah, that should have won all the other awards." It's the uh, it's the well. fucking, uh, it's, nope. the, fucking, uh, it's the film Max. that everybody's yeah. like, "Wow, that just won the technical ones because the Academy awarded some film about a guy opening a movie theater." Uh, <laughs> we maybe should have given this to the weird ass <laughs> fucking gross film that I almost vomited while watching. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, it's. I kind of, I kind of want to push to be like uh, it could be top five, but it's not gonna be top five. Uh, although it should be, but yeah, I'm, I'm. If we, I mean, yeah, nobody else put it in their top five. It's just me. I gun for it. It won best animated. It won little freak. Like it got, it won best little freak animated Listen, film, and it was the freakiest great, animated film. It's a great yeah. movie. Yeah, let's cross it. This let's, is the way we, cross yeah, it. This, this is the way we talk about movies that we that we cross. So I'm going to. I'm, so, I then, I'm so worried about like the amount of political power that that has given Aaron right no, no, now. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna put one forward that I think is uh, kind of a hot take, but I don't think is is going to play. Which is, I think, the conversation is one of the best films ever made. I, knew. I unfortunately was not able to see it. Uh, with the new, what was it? It was like a restoration. Was it a 4K restoration? There was another uh, new print of it that was coming around this year. It played. I had tickets at the music box and then was not able to go. Very big bummer. Probably my biggest like film regret of the year, maybe, uh, was missing that. I really like that film. I see now, I maybe don't agree, but I see why people say that's one of uh, Francis Ford Coppola's like, best films. Some people even are like, oh, Hot Tickets is best film. I don't agree. I think it's a really, really great film. Great screenplay. Hackman's performance, maybe my second favorite of the year. Um, but like, I think we can get rid of it now, right? I, I was prepared I would, to. Yeah, I would be okay with that too. Um, I That is one of the ones that I had missed this past year. I was away on assignment or doing God knows what. Um, I know exactly what I was doing. Um, but I was un- unavailable to see that with, um, with the fellas and be present for the episode. It is a great film. And maybe I'll, all I'm saying is maybe I would feel more strongly uh, and like advocate for it if I was kind of with everybody as that was happening. But as far as, you know, chipping away at this, you know, beast in a category, I think the conversation is probably fine to cut. Nope. That's the second best movie on this list. Uh, you guys are insane. Uh, there is absolutely no way we're cutting the conversation. I mean, we have this we, early. We're we cutting it eventually. We have, th- we have that. Right, no, I mean, I think that honestly, it so it's probably the best one 
on my list. Like I think that I that's thought Moonstruck one of the, was the best on your list. Oh yeah, it is. That's why I said second. He's best, coming undone. Like, that it that is the best move. That's like one of the oh, best movies ever made. Undone. Sorry. Oh, you guys are fucking morons! <laughs> uh, oh, no, I, I think mean, we're all I, ready to get rid of it. I mean, I mean, like, I, look, I had another a, suggestion, and you would like that. I one protest less. if you guys so, are all big bones. I will, I will counter suggest Godzilla then, which was going to be my other one. I was yeah, waiting to insane. be nice. I mean, if, uh, if you wanted wait, to be big morons, that's fine. The only like, person who had the conversation in the morons. top five is Jason. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> He's here? Psycho. I don't care. You didn't even have it in your. You had other ones on this list. That's a totally different thing. That's a totally different thing i won't be held to for that i strike I, through that motherfucker yeah right I, I'm, I'm going to strike through the conversation because three of four of us already said it but i will harry is attempting to storm the keep and we are easily shooting him with our crossbows <laughs> through the little slits in the walls we have got him all three he's, arrows at once he's are not just, wearing armor <laughs> he's carrying a shield on his back and he, facing us he frankly just stole some supplies from a farmhouse outside of the keep I, not, I, will, I, I will say in in favor of the conversation even though i've already killed yeah. it uh, that was a movie that I think was important to be shown at the Trilon this year. The fact that uh, our friend and friend of the podcast, Seth Zarati, was able to make it out. I believe Emily also saw it with us because we went to the Chatterbox. Uh, yeah, and it's afterward. way better than it, a it bunch of great the other movies on this was, list. Was, yeah, that's was, wild. Ask, huh? ask Seth about it sometime because it was one of the movies that has turned him around, or at least not, eh, maybe not 180 degrees, but turned him around An old on film 70s hater. movies. On 70s yes. movies in particular. 70s movies, not yeah. his bag. 80s kicked in and turned into like, you know, sort of the more uh, approachable popcorn cinema is really where sure. he grew or up. Or roller skates. And, right. And, and this it's, is, and, it's also like, and the conversation even is, beyond is the idea of like bring one that, weird yeah. person who doesn't like 70s movies, it's just a way better movie than most of the other movies on this list. It's, so it it's kind of weird that we're uh, getting rid of it so early, but you know, whatever you boneheads want, I great guess. Great film. Kind of like Stage Fright and like I also did not see the twist coming uh, in the twist not just one of plot but one of kind just of like a better, audio more sophisticated well. adult sort of like Harry, please. We're having character study than, please, Harry. Uh, than a bunch of the other movies on this list beautiful yeah, film right. no, one yeah, of the littlest freaks of the year uh and uh it's cut oh my god it's cut somebody cut it so it's, uh, harry would you like cut. to offer up another one maybe to cut then since you feel so strongly about the conversation just maybe, the maybe go for your second Pick Sorry. here. It's got to be Chest of the Wind. Oh. Yep. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Gotta Here's the be. thing about Chest of the Wind. I like that Chest movie a lot. Yeah. Best, uh, it, what, what, did it, what did it just win earlier? It won Best uh, Dry run. run. I think it is the it is. Best Dry Run film. Uh, it's not as good as some of the other movies on this list. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, it so just I'm is fine. not. That would also be in my top ten. Get rid of uh, it. Yeah, no, I mean it's in my top ten this year. Of course it is. I mean, Natalie is an amazing I, guest. I know I didn't. I, I know I didn't rank talking about that movie, but like, if it's up against Cleo from Five to Seven and Moonstruck and Possession, it's not as good as any of those other movies. It just isn't. I'm sorry. Even I, like, I, I didn't rank my top Mattress. five. I didn't rank my top yeah. five. Uh, chess would probably have been number one just because I was very impressed with that movie. I that said. Even I am comfortable removing Look, it from this list. It's not winning best picture. I think we all knew that. I mean, I think this is actually sort of a populist pick on my part. Like, it's not going to win. I love it very much. I want to see it again it was, very it soon. Was the first, it was the first movie I saw at the trial on that was like, maybe except Possession this year, that was like, that is a serious except contender for best you picture. you fucking piece of shit. We have, we have contens- <laughs> consensus. And we have... How many remaining films? Cleo from five, from five to seven. We got five, Godzilla, five. Millennium Actress, Moonstruck, and five. Possession. We are down to five. We have killed five. We have four to go. 
where do we do we do we start voting for rather than against at this point, or do we want to keep calling? I say we keep calling. Keep calling. Well, okay. I mean, what, give us maybe another we call land. down to like. I think there's going to be a what I would think to be an obvious three. Uh, I would say that I got bad news. Harry Lassie is sick. We're gonna have to take Lassie out back. It's it's her time. We got a shooter. Yeah, Lassie is Godzilla here. Uh, a great film. You're that, insane. Uh, I mean, I think is the worst of these five films that are Insane. the five best films of the year shown at the Insane. Trilon that we recorded on. Godzilla is amazing. The actual king of the Trilon. One of the best film series of the year. Loved seeing Godzilla. I am happy for you that you got to finally give Godzilla the crown that he deserves. Uh, but the film Godzilla is, the, I think, the fifth best uh, on this list. Personally. I mean, I would just like to say, like, I guess it's going to have to come down to Jason and Cody because I just fully disagree. I just think that, like, in terms of cultural impact, in terms of uh, filmic impact, you know, I mean, it's Godzilla all the way. I think that, like, it's ridiculous to give him any any less. Like, to, to eliminate him this early, certainly. Um, above Possession, above Millennium Actress, come on ridiculous so i guess it's up to the rest of you because i in the interest of keeping this uh this podcast under four hours or however long <laughs> it's gonna be i think i'm just gonna like let you guys go because you'll never get me to agree that godzilla should be eliminated from this list you'll never do it so there you go what do you think cody so, and I, I know we're still, I, I, we agreed that we can keep calling. I guess I'll do sort of the opposite in one fell swoop and also just like boost, uh, in, and Aaron, you were talking about, uh, a potentially clear yeah. top three Yeah, where I'm at right now. Um, the, the top three sort of threshold that, that I see, um, let me know what y'all think. I've got, uh, an alphabetical order. Millennium Actress, Moonstruck, and Possession. Um, if we wanted was, to keep Godzilla around uh, in the top three in boots, like Millennium Actress, I could I, see that happen. I was going to say Cleo. You guys are morons. Moonstruck oh and God. Possession. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think we get Millennium. Okay. Millennium Actress, great film. Cleo, Moonstruck, Possession. I mean, yeah, and I, then Harry has good odds because there's I, two films. I have, I have some uh, reservations about kicking Millennium Actress off this list. It feels fated that it yeah. would at least be in the running, but uh, the more the tighter and tighter it gets, the more I realize this is not perfect. Blue would win. Like that's the thing about Millennium Actress for me is it's like thing. it's not, yes. No, I, I, I still don't right. think it, it would. Perfect Blue would be like. It would be Perfect an argument Blue for my number one. It would be an argument. Than most of them, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that that said, um, that said, I do. You can't really kill Godzilla, but we can take him off the list for now. I think. You I guys think, suck. I so think bad. he simply I think, comes oh back God. later. He he'll be back in some way. Depending he'll on have what a the son, plot he'll have a robot. Maybe there's some people on an island singing a song. His spirit will be inside of the people Listen, around they find him. his body. And do scientific Mac and Nation, research. You know, I was pulling for you. You, you know that the rest of my podcast hosts are morons. You've known that for hundreds of episodes. So, like, it's okay. Do it's we kill okay Millennium Actress and discuss the three? I do we no, do it's it? okay. I, I don't. Kill, I don't love it. We can I don't kill love Godzilla and, and discuss the three, but like, it's going to come down to Moonstruck, Cleo, or Possession. Possession. Yeah. I the the idea was floated to kill Millennium Actress. 
I agree with it. I've struck it. Doing I agree with it, it as well. Yeah. Okay. It's the, Satoshi the Kon's will... second best film. I mean, like, listen. Yeah. It's it sucks for Satoshi Kon, right? Like, because if Perfect Blue could be in contention, it would be in contention. But like, he has to be handicapped in this way, you know, because of my stupidity in making that my non-lon boys pick, and I apologize for that profusely. But like, that's just the way it is. Like, we have to disqualify Perfect Blue. It's poetic, really. And I don't really think that Millennium Actress is as good a, a film as Perfect Blue. It's, it almost is. I mean, Millennium Actress yeah. is an amazing movie by anybody's standards. But, like, it does need to be cut. All right. I, I will say, just really quick, a parting yeah. shot from Millennium Actress. Um, throughout that series, uh, like, I still maintain Perfect Blue is my favorite of... Um, Satoshi Kon's uh, filmography, um, at least the, the movies. I really do have a lot of love for Paranoia Agent. But Millennium Actress, I think, was the one that I gained the most um, love and appreciation for from where I was like, previously at. And I'm looking forward to continuing that upward trajectory with it and revisiting it you know, every every so yeah. often. So pouring one out for, for Millennium Actress um, and Godzilla and for all the other great movies that we've had to exercise as we make our it's way an toward a champion. To and it's it time is. for the big three, baby. We've got Cleo Let's from 5 it. to 7 by Agnes Varda. We've got Moonstruck, directed by Norman Jewison. And we've got Possession, directed by Andre Zhuwovsky. Uh, I guess uh, gather ye roses. Who's 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 going to bat for what? I mean, I'll go possession. It stunned me the first time I saw it, and then I saw it very soon after at the trial on, and managed to record an incredible episode about it. That still remains one of my favorite of the year, even when it was one of our first. It was literally our first on like January second of this year. It uh, I don't think it gets any better uh, as a package deal for for possession, Harry. I'll do the opposite. Um, I think Cleo from five to seven and Moonstruck are both like clearly better movies than do Possession have, is. Do you have one that you would say is is, is like I love the best Possession of them? very much. I mean, obviously it's Moonstruck for me. I think that Moonstruck, like, despite being like a less pretentious film, certainly than oh. Possession is. Yeah, that's oh. right. I'll fucking go there. I think that Possession is a f- pretty fucking pretentious of film. I think that. Yeah, of course yeah, it is. That's right. Uh, I think, and I think that. Moonstruck is not, but I think that Moonstruck speaks to a deeper human truth than uh, Possession necessarily does. Um, and I think that I would I would go Moonstruck number one, Cleo from five to seven number two, and Possession number three. And that I I think that like even if none of these movies had been eliminated, I would maybe go with that. So like I listen, I love Possession. I think Possession is a five star film. I just think that Possession is a five-star film that is about East versus West Berlin, and it's about divorce, and it's about what happens when a relationship transforms. Um, And I think that there is something human and universal about those things, but I don't think that it is as good a movie as either Moonstruck or Cleo from 5 to 7 is, personally. But, you know, I mean, I I guess it's going to be up to you. I should say that, like, I don't think, I mean, maybe if you guys have really stunning arguments, you'll be able to sway me. But I'm pretty sure that my three are going to be Moonstruck number one, Cleo number two, and Moonstruck are uh, um, possession number three. And so it's going to be up to you to sway me or to just sort of, like, override me. I guess in this one instance, which is maybe a nice thing to say because it's like you guys have yet to give your opinion. So you could totally override me, which is fine with me. Cody, what are you? I'm kind of curious where Cody's sitting at as a lover of, I think all three films, two of them are in the top five. 
Yes, uh, too, and um, for being the I'll bring back privilege, uh, the privileged little asshole that I am. Uh, both of my top five that I had on this list have made it to the final three, and so I'm. I you can't see it, dear listener, but I am beaming. I've got bright rosy cheeks. This is the greatest day of my life, uh, the greatest, uh, or at least the greatest day of the year. Um, love the golden berries. My Power rankings uh, are as follows. I have Possession as my number one, Moonstruck as my number two, Claire from five to seven as my number three. Um, have truly loved the the conversations about all three of these films. They are all all-time bangers for me. Um, possession, just perhaps so more of like an inner circle all-timer pick uh, from me. And I can feel that uh, that seed growing more and more by the day. Um yeah, the, I don't know. It's not, it's, and it's not every film that goes to like the extreme lengths that possession does to characterize human nature in like very disgusting, wet, uh, visceral terms. Like it's not every instance of that, that, that would do it for me. This is not, I would say like traditionally my type of movie. Um, but the right ingredients were there. Um, the, the queen of the Trilon was there. Um, you know, weaving everything together. And so that's, I don't know that that's where I'm at. Uh, I, as, as is the case with Jason, I'm casting my vote for possession. I will say that I possession was the first film that we recorded on this year. Uh, I believe it was the first like Trilon film that you guys saw this year. I of course saw it not at the Trilon cause I don't live in Minnesota. Um, I saw possession and I meet my first thought upon the finishing of possession. And then especially after we recorded was that is going to win best picture later this year for this podcast, or at least that's the movie to beat somehow. Um, and I think that is kind of proved true. Hey, um, Hey Aaron. Hey Aaron. Yeah. Did you see Moonstruck? I did not see Moonstruck and I might see So like, Moonstruck. why are you talking right you now? You might get a text from why me saying, why are you saying, talking right I'm now? I'm giving my opinion about, I think possession so like, other than Hey, like, favorite, hey, listen, why, did, why are you talking right now? Why are you Mad talking God, right now? Which I, I love Mad God. I cannot defend that being a better film than maybe two or three of the other ones uh, on this list. Uh, but you I cannot did, defend but it actually listen, being what better you, than what Possession. What you can't actually defend it against is Moonstruck because you haven't fucking seen that movie of the remaining. So, like, films really, on you don't deserve to to like really be nominated. Like, you don't deserve to talk about any of uh, this. And I think Possession should win it. I think it is also. It should be said. Uh, this was Possession's year, not just in terms of our podcast, in terms of our discussion, uh, but it, Possession really took. I started seeing stuff about that film kind of late last year on Twitter. I just earlier today saw uh, uh, like a post on like the film subreddit uh, about uh, possession like sheets like full body possession sheets of the the cover the cover art from the the Blu-ray with oh, the so, woman with so the you think that the reason why other people like it so much is why yeah. it should be nominated? It's it's possession the is the up. film of the year. Uh, God, I think you're it should an win. Idiot. No, I think this I think is possession year. To me. Listen Number to me. One, I think baby. that as long as as long as Aaron's vote isn't counted at all, I'm okay with possession. But like, Aaron count. shouldn't be allowed at all count. because here's, here's, he didn't even see Moonstruck. It doesn't matter whether it it, it doesn't. Yeah, of course it does. You didn't do your matter. homework, you bitch. You I, no, I did. I did do. I did do my my homework is at all. two is greater than one, and then three is also greater than one. Possession that is, is like the, the homework sixth that I'm doing best right now. Now I am no list. stats major. Cody, Possession is not as good as Moonstruck. 
I Millennium do work with Actress, numbers in my Kage job. Musha, Godzilla, uh, The Conversation, or Cleo from 5 well, to look, 7. Look, I haven't ridiculous. seen Moonstruck or Cleo, so I can't argue with that. I'm just saying uh, that Possession uh, should win it, I think. For I mean, if you, if you uh, guys are okay picture. with being boneheads, yeah. If you're okay with being idiots, that's fine. I've been but, a bonehead you know, my whole life. I can go a little yeah, bit longer. Yeah, I'm going on 30 years of that. Uh, that's fine. That's fine with me as long as you're okay with admitting you're idiots. Go ahead. Echoes Both of 2021. Of right now. Jason, admit that you're an idiot. It is very fun that this has ended up in the exact same place. No, I mean, go for it, Jason. Go for it. Say you're an idiot. <laughs> Say you're an idiot right now. Here's the thing. In terms of the total count of Aaron versus Harry in the best picture race, we're now Shut we're two and two. Shut the fuck up, Aaron. We're even. You don't get, to, even. No, you don't get to say you anything. You got Seven Samurai. You got Ganja Jason, and Hess. Aaron, Aaron, I have Aaron, Drunken Aaron. Master and Possession. Listen to me. We're listen even. to me right now, Aaron. The, you don't the get rivalry to say anything. continue. Who knows what'll happen? Because next year listen to me, you didn't get to say anything. I've seen all those movies. You haven't seen all of those movies, so you don't get yeah. to say anything. You little bitch. <laughs> you little fucking piece of shit. You don't get to say anything to me right now because you already even done your homework. Oh wait, oh, I just God. I turned my head away for a second. Someone highlighted and bolded possession. I'm gonna come to Chicago right now and, and blow has, your head off and has, with a and big has shotgun. Put a strike through through all the other ones in our Google Doc. You guys That's are so crazy. stupid. Oh my God! All right, well I don't know who did that, but like, well, like, like, I mean, like the movie. I'll possession. be vindicated by the actual people <laughs> like who like this show and who like movies, uh, because Moonstruck, Millennium Actress. Kagemusha, Godzilla, The Conversation, and Cleo from 5 to 7 are all better movies than and Possession. And it's an honor to be nominated. Goldenberry's 2022 goes to Andrzej Zawowski's Possession. Congratulations to all the other nominees. A really, I think, unequivocally stacked year for film. Uh, Except for Local independent cinema yep. in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, best picture included all the way down. Is this the time when Idiots. we run through all of the winners again from the top? Uh, do we want to do that now, or is there anything else super produced that we need to do? I think we can do that before, before we get into the segment. guests. Yes. Uh, what a okay. bunch of pretentious pieces! Of, I mean, look at these guys. They tried to so hard. Uh, to each person, just, each person who who managed their own section, uh, right. who managed their own category here, can get to reveal. Uh, I, we don't need to go through the picks. Let's start with the Try Love's Best Trilon Dry Run. That was my category, and I'm going to remind you that uh, Chess of the Wind by Mohammed Reza Aslani took home the best dry run at the Trilon Cinema in 2022. Perfect. Uh, next up, we had the Rashomanis, and we collectively agreed that no one movie fit the bill this year. Um, so there is no selection for the 2022 Rashomani's Better Luck Next Year to the field. And really, congratulations to John Moret, right? Yeah. Um, I think that uh, I've got Best Animated Feature, and we decided that Mad God uh, by Phil Tepet took that away. So congratulations to Mad God by Phil Tepet. It was the Best Animated Feature of the year. Uh. Best film series at the trial on went to the September film series, The Precise Compositions of Kinio Tanaka. Great job to John Moret for uh, programming those films, scheduling those films, getting copies, all of that kind of work. Uh, also, great job to Kinio Tanaka. Uh, you're great. You know that wettest film went to La Cienega by Lucretia Martel, the movie literally about and titled as A Swamp. 
Truly, truly well-earned, as was the best non-film series film, aka the best one-off of the year. That went to Mohamed Reza Aslani's film, Chess of the Wind, another extremely well-earned winner for that category. Beef. Best director went to Satoshi Kon uh, for Perfect Blue, Tokyo Godfathers, Paprika, and Millennium Actress, playing as part of anime's great genius at the Trilon. Oh, <laughs> this is ours. Should we both maybe do this one? Let's, let's do this uh, one again. Another best, shot at it. Huh? Best Cody's, Cody's Noties went, to, went episode to episode 200. 200. Oops, all, Oops noties. all Noties. Great, great. A uh, little freak of the year went to that just little nasty, stinky boy under the <laughs> toilets in Mad God, just slurping that poop Love juice it. down constantly. Uh, congrats to you. You're a disgusting freak. I hope you got blown up in the bomb explosion <laughs> at the end of the film. Fuck you. <laughs> I feel the same. Uh, moving along to 2022's King of the Trilon. Courtesy of the Golden Berries, the winner of that category this year was Nicolas Cage for all of the movies he was in this year. I'm not going to read that monstrous list again. Uh, congratulations, Nicolas Cage. And of course, the actual king of the trial on much love to Nicolas Cage. But like, you know, you know, you know who the actual king of the trial on was. It was, of course, Godzilla. Let's go. Thank you, super producer. It was Godzilla, of course. And so he is the king of the Trilon uh, with much love to Nicolas Cage. But you know who the actual king was? It was Godzilla. That's it. Uh, who's up next? Jason. When we write the history books, we put down Isabel Ajani of Possession and the Driver as queen of the Trilon. 2022. No, only Possession. Of Possession. Again, we, we did not as write. As queen of the Trilon. We did Trilon not record 2022. on. Yep, Correct. And last, but certainly not least, before we get into uh, the actual best category after this, we have Best Picture, uh, Golden Berries 2022. The winner of that Best Picture, that coveted Best Picture award, is Andre Zawowski's Possession. Once again, congratulations to all of, all of the nominees. Ooh. Truly a great year for cinema. Yes. A celebration, a celebration of cinema. Nice job, everybody. Nice job, possession. They have possession of that trophy for this year. Um, And we have one final, uh, I guess, uh, honor to bestow, even if it's just a recitation um, and collective recognition of uh, various folks who've helped us along the way, have helped make this year special. And I'm realizing I'm stealing Jason's thunder. Jason, you should do more of the lightning because you're better at it's it. It's you. You're, th- you're the thunder. I'm the lightning. Uh, we want to thank all of our guests who appeared on our podcast this year. You never had to, but you always wanted to. And it was wonderful to have you. So many new guests this year, among them, including Blake Hester, who was on our episode about possession, Jonathan Hertzberg, uh, who we interviewed about his work with Fun City Editions, uh, Peter Hoganson, who joined us for Kagimusha, uh, Natalie Marlin, who was on three full episodes, The Third Man, Chess of the Wind, and The Return of the Living Dead. Finn Odom joined us for Diabolique and Con Air. Uh, Audrey Collistrom joined us for Cherry Falls. Michael Popham was on Terror of Mechagodzilla. Abby Phelps joined us for Drive Angry. Uh, for Electro My Love, we were able to nab Nazi Algazwana. Uh, and Nick Cooey joined us for La Cienega. 
Uh, uh, returning guests included John Moret, uh, who is on for our episode about the 60mm an- experimental animation showcase that he programmed at the Trilon uh, with a new 60mm projector. Check that out at the Trilon. Uh, Seth Zerati, friend of the podcast, uh, joined for Tokyo Godfathers, The Conversation, and It Happened One Night. Very recent episode. Go check those out. Uh, Arribato and Phantom of the Paradise were blessed with the presence of Kelly Krantz, uh, a returning guest uh, from 2021. Emily Sui, uh, for the umpteenth time on the podcast, joined us for Cleo, excuse me, Cleo from five to seven. Charlie Mackin joined us for Bringing Out the Dead. Dan Nagan not only joined us for, but actually completely derailed our episode about Mandy with a quick Dan's detour. I bet I hope comes back at some point. <laughs> it was just such a good bit. And uh, last but not least, of course, Sarah Hughes can join us again for the Triplets of Belleville with her uh, unique and incredible perspective on animation. Uh, royalty all to our guests. Thank you so much. Uh, if you want to be one, get in touch with us at Trilove Podcast on Twitter or uh, trilovepodcast at gmail.com. Both great ways to get in touch with us. We love talking about movies. We'd love to have you on. Get in touch. Um, Harry, anything else before we give it the big old Audi to 2022? Yeah, I mean, you said it, right? But like, we love having guests so much. Like, I think that like, just going over those episodes... Jason, the way you just did reminded me that like my favorite episodes to this podcast are always the ones where guests contribute and like it's always so much fun and and like it um it leads me to so many new perspectives and so many new understandings of the movies. So like if you ever want to be a guest on this podcast, like we would really love to have you. So like that is just to say like thanks so much to all of our guests for really elevating our understanding of these movies and um we'd love to have more in 2023 so hit us up i keep having this uh, recurring dream if i go to concerts where i'm like i hope i can get on stage and play bass with them because i know those bass lines and it'd be really fun this is your opportunity if you really want to join for a for a movie about you know shit that we see at the trilon check it out go to trilon.org check out the calendar and then get in touch with us at trilove podcast or each of our individual profiles linked in the bio on that profile Check us out uh, there and uh, check out the trial. Even if you don't want to be on our dumbass podcast, check out something to the trial on. It's a fun opportunity. Great uh, place to go. One of the gems in the Midwest. Uh, put it even more so on the map by going to trialon.org, checking out the, the uh, uh, not publishing, but the programming schedule and see something that you want to see in 2023. Uh, whoa. See something you want to see in 2023. I accidentally stumbled my dick right into that one. We have uh, a really fun slate of movies coming up at the trial. And I'm a little bit, frazzled and burned by another edition of the golden berries. Thank you so much for joining for our, our, our 2022 edition. Look forward to 2023s when uh, approximately one of us will probably be dead by then. Um, I guess just from frustration and anger about uh, the results of this one. Uh, we have uh, a lot of fun movies coming up in the first uh, quarter of 2023, but I'm not going to list them out here. You can check them out at the Trilon's website, trilon.org. My name is Jason Daphnis. Uh, uh, possession. It was the winner of, to, of this year's, uh, best picture at the trilon you can find me on twitter at nintendoofus uh, another great year in the books uh shout out to to possession and all the winners from this evening's festivities or again whenever you are listening to this it might be the morning it might be afternoon time who's to say um but uh special thanks to uh again to those who have been on mic with us. Um, and also thank you if you have chosen to listen to this endeavor of ours, especially um, this monstrosity of an episode. I have no idea what the final runtime is going to be. Um, but if you've made it this far, you are really someone special. And so thank you for being you. Uh, and also thank you to the fellas here uh, for making it 
um, so nice to, to come back and do this, you know, every, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, uh, it would not be it without y'all. Um, so thank you for making this uh, as fun and magnificent as it is. Um, cheers to 2022. Here's to 2023. Yada, yada, yada. I've been Cody Narvis and you can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore BH. Oh no, I feel like Cody was as sweet as he was to sort of temper my bitterness. But, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm Harry Mack, and I'm sorry that the fifth or sixth best movie won Best Picture this year. I know that I'm forever going to be um, one of the more unpopular opinions, but listen, Moonstruck is better, Kagemush is better, Godzilla's better, Conversation is better, Cleo from 5 to 7 is better. Um, but congratulations to possession for being the one that film bros like my co-hosts most enjoy because it makes them feel so good about liking uh i've been harry mack and i love my co-host very much despite what i've just said (laughs) and i'm looking forward to a whole nother year and maybe more of the podcast Congratulations to Isabel Adjani for her deserved win of Queen of the Trilon. Congratulations to Possession for its relatively deserved win of Best Picture of the Year. And you can find me on Twitter at Shiitake Folks, my name is Aaron. You can find me on Twitter at RBPlease. And I do want to give a shout out. I mean, I know that we crown Possession the best film of the year. But if you do want to watch some of the films... Uh, that were nominated for Best Picture uh, that film bros don't like at all. You can watch The Conversation. Uh, you can watch the films of Satoshi Kon. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you can watch Moonstruck. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter again at RB Please. Uh, have a great new year. Have a great 2023, 2024. Just keep counting that up. Uh, talk to you soon. I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend the day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you were the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at And it's not because I'm lonely and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. And I don't